The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Welcome into another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Check out rotofanatic.com for our latest rankings, Carmarano's Barrel Board, and of course, the Data Monster, the statistical tool that will help you win your league in 2021. It's episode 64, the La Tortuga Edition. Today, we got him. We finally bagged him. Two guys that together form one incredible unit known as the Rotosaurus. That's right. We got Jay Kalusker and Dave McDonald. You may know them for their High Stakes Heat podcast, which is getting a lot of run right now. Make sure you check it out. Your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier will tag team match up with these two legends of fantasy baseball. They're going to talk about everything. Nothing will be left on the mat tonight after this bout goes down. If you're looking for analysis on players, we got it. If you're looking for discussions and debates about players, we've got it. If you want to know how to construct a roster and win your league in 2021, this show has it. Take it away, boys! That's right, it certainly is, Jake. Welcome to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. For those of you listening at home, if you're live streaming the show, thanks for tuning in on that version of the pod, which is also available in the podcast form on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating would be most welcome. Thank you so much if you're willing to do that. It does make a difference. Today, Deary, we got more guests. They just keep on coming. It's the Wednesday night doubleheader. Deary, how you feeling on the second leg of this twofer? I'm feeling good. The headache is starting to go away that I had <laughs> in the first half of the double dip. So we're starting to feel better as we creep towards 1045 here in Michigan. Well, the good news is that our guests are on the same 
time zone as we are. So they're right where we are. And some people thrive at late at night. Some people kind of cash in and fall apart around midnight. But we'll find out how that goes. Today's show is exciting. We got people who know what they're talking about. And this is the Palazzo Podcast. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast means two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. Make sure you check that out. Give us feedback. Email the show. Tell us what you think of the show. Do you like certain segments? Do you think other things are lame? Do you have a beef with what someone said? We want you to be honest and forthright with the show. Our guest today, in a long line of guests, it goes all the way back to Chris Towers on January 6th, the first guest of the new year in 2021, where we've tried to bring you some most wisdom and knowledge and fantasy baseball information that will help you win your league in 2021 so you can shove it in all of your friends' faces. These guys are as good as any guests that will be on the show this year, and I truly mean that. And I'm not just saying that because they're here. I'm saying that because (laughs) they do their homework. They take the time. They don't say things unless they have the data. They're going to do the research. They're going to give you knowledge that has a foundation that is just stellar. It's a rock-solid foundation of information. So they have a sense of humor, which is good, too. But today's guests are someone that we all need to be know about. And if we don't know about them, well, shit, you're really screwing up and making mistakes. You can find them on the High Stakes Heat podcast, which is a podcast that is about high stakes gaming, but strategies, draft strategies, a lot of different stuff, really intelligent and smart and funny. They're two guys they combine together to make the Rotosaurus. They are. Jake and Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, here they are. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of our experience. Thanks. Thanks for hiring the uh, the timpani player to, to lead us in, too. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, he's we... fucking pricey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Your acoustics are really good, too, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, man. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, and uh, we're, we're definitely glad to finally be here and Get to hang out and talk with you today. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to this. Hey, there's D Mendy. What's going on? Yeah, it's a party. Yeah, we had the triple play guys on uh, the other night. There's D Mendy. I know. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Mendy. Always a pleasure. Mendy, Doc, and a little cheesecake. Those are some good people. But you'll see. This episode is about you two guys, Jake and Dave. Dave and Jake. Whose name comes first? (laughs) Usually his. Does it? Does it? Yeah, usually. Oh, I don't. Jake and Dave. It's, it's, I think Jake and Dave flows on better. here, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you put it on there. <laughs> it sounds better that way. More, more people know about you anyway. So. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, well, look, let's not confuse the audience. If there's by chance someone new who doesn't know who you guys are, give them the initial spiel. Give them the breakdown. Give them the elevator pitch on you guys. Well, we're longtime friends. We met uh, sophomore year of high school back in... 20, 20 years ago yeah 20 <laughs> years plus now yeah um got kind of thrown together as lab partners in biology sophomore year and uh slowly became closer friends over the course of that year and then dave kind of got me along with our friend tony DiVincenzo into uh fantasy baseball kind of towards junior senior year of high school and we've been playing you know various levels of that since so almost 20 years of that not to be confused uh, with Dante DiVincenzo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. They, there's a, there is a similarity yep. there. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, well, he, he roasted very, Michigan, the national yeah, champion. They're both very athletic. <laughs> That's harsh. Love you, yeah, Tony. Michigan. 
31 points he scored against Michigan in the national title game. Not a good day for us Wolverines wow. back then. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jake actually met his wife through me. So. Aww. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that, so, but I still wanted to give it all. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes that's a better thing than other days, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm happily married. For sure. That's but, true. But uh, we started Rotosaurus. Oh, man. It's like it, was late, it was late 2011, yeah. So this is almost 10 years now. Uh, we started as a Google Blogspot site um, basically because we thought that there weren't uh, any good MLB depth charts on the web. Yeah. Uh, this is before Jason Martinez was really doing his uh, uh, roster resource thing. Oh. And we were painstakingly editing really, you know, shitty quality uh, depth charts in terms of how they looked. I mean, they, they were fairly well researched, but it, they took forever to make just because I had no HTML skills and I was, <laughs> I was learning how to do it on the fly. And Dave was uh, kind of just gleaming whatever he could off of what I, we did up. not have a Paul Mamino to put it all together yeah. for us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was, that was a fledgling site for a little while. We wrote a couple articles here and there, but really we were focused on playing more than, growing that brand yeah and then eventually we kind of also started adding things like the closer rankings and everything and then we a trick that i always used to do was look a week ahead to add a two two x starting pitcher for the week like not the week coming up but the week following it um so you could get them for real cheap because everybody wants to add the guys the week that they're the two starter but you have to pay up then for that um so we that, kinda, was honest, that honestly drove our traffic yeah in the beginning. that was the big thing is we were the only people out there really doing that yeah. so that was uh that was a big draw for us but even then even it wasn't, the, yeah it, all, it was all relative we were we were never uh we never really got it we, uh, we were making you know what we most we made in a year was probably 150 bucks off the site so <laughs> it, was, it was a labor of love for sure right uh, right. And we sometimes ever, hate. Ever since we started <laughs> doing that site, we kept saying, you know, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. And Jake I, had a million and one excuses. I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I, my my house I used to live in uh, was pretty small. It wasn't really built for us doing any recording because it would wake my wife up, and then when we had our first kid, it would wake my kid up. So I finally moved uh, in about almost a year ago. Right as right as lockdown started, I moved last March. Um, into this house that has this nice office now and we can uh shut the door and i'm the the kids can't hear me upstairs the wife can't hear me across the other side of the house and we can pod until three four in the morning like we do most of the time well because we yeah. can't start on time ever <laughs> we, yeah it's a wee thing for sure yeah, yeah it's a wee thing <laughs> so it's uh it's the the pod's almost at 20 episodes we're not nearly as prolific as you are but uh we're really I don't know. The listenership is growing. Our our latest episode we dropped this morning, early this morning, is the looks like it's going to be the best we've ever made in terms of listens. So it's uh, the the word's getting out a little bit that we do things differently from the norm. We we put things out there that maybe sometimes people aren't willing to put out there. It's a lot more uh, evergreen strategy focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just throwing a lot a lot of stats at people. Um, we feel like that there's a lot of that out there, and and you know that's important, but. We feel like the other half of that, other than be, at being when you want to be a good fantasy baseball player, it's not just the stats and the player evaluation. It's also the roster construction and, and risk assessment and, you know, all the things that go into coming in with a strategy and then ex, how to execute that strategy. So um, that's kind of what we more focus on. And uh, it's been going well. We passed 5,000 listens recently with our 18th episode, and uh, now we're well past that, I guess. Wonderful. Yes. 
we're, we're really happy so far. Yeah, enjoying it for sure. And we got a sweet logo. You do. <laughs> it is yeah, a great we, logo, uh, dude. We uh, <laughs> we one of uh, one of my best friends is uh, uh, a professional graphic designer, and uh, you know we we I, I kind of gave him the outline of what I wanted, and that is like so much better than I could have ever envisioned. So I was we were really happy with. Yeah, that. we basically just wanted that. Yeah, I I made a really crappy logo on photoshop <laughs> 10 or eight nine years ago using we something that, that where we were clearly yeah, not it was it was definitely a copyrighted image that we used and <laughs> we didn't sell any merch so we were fine with it and uh we just wanted that you know that uh that jurassic park vibe but not exactly the same as jurassic park and i think uh we like hit it out pretty of much when we told him about it and we were telling him about using the ball as like uh the comet heading towards like the earth like he knew like he you can see the light bulb go off in his head he's like i got something and i was like okay yeah. see what you got mm-hmm. and then i was like oh my god that's amazing and the lettering yeah. and everything didn't didn't perfect. take a long yeah the the font was probably the hardest thing yeah, yeah every everything else the color scheme was great yeah the you know it, we tweaked the font a little bit and boom it was done and everybody likes dinosaurs right i mean even people's kids <laughs> yeah it's funny we it, the dinosaur thing wasn't our idea either is it was dave's old roommate <laughs> we were we were just struggling with what to oh. name our site back in 2011 and he came up with rotosaurus rex and we just said yeah why don't we just take he the said rex it as a joke he yeah. was like how about rotosaurus rex and then he's like and then we're like oh my god rotosaurus <laughs> is awesome he's like no nah, I, I was trolling you like that was that was a joke <laughs> and we're like now nah, we're gonna roll with that that sounds great so uh yeah that's uh that's kind of the story of how we came to be that's fantastic wow it is truly great name it is thank you it's it's unique it stands out people love dinosaurs people love baseball and you put them together that is a winner <laughs> yep. winner chicken dinner man no yep, doubt about exactly. it shit sells itself right <laughs> yeah you guys you guys could be total doofuses and dipshits galore and we are still sell yeah i was gonna say and you are yeah Check. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no <laughs> you guys it. know what you're talking about too you guys are idiots and doofuses but you're also sweet men who have knowledge and all jokes aside, you guys know exactly what you're doing. You're going to be number one studs in 2022. And by 2025, you'll probably own your own network and be sitting kind of like Biff Tannen in the future <laughs> on your own empire. Uh, I, I don't think Jake would still be a teacher if we're at that point because uh, there's no chance <laughs> he's going to ever have the time to do anything like that. And I'll have better hair than Biff Tannen did in the uh... Back to the future, too. Uh, that's a bold call out. Yeah. Call out. Is it I, safe I, to I'm, say you guys are the Murtog and Riggs of the fantasy world? <laughs> and, that, and then the guy who made your shirt is Leo? <laughs> Man, I did not come ready for the movie references, yeah. but I do I do love that. <laughs> that's good, dearie. Which okay, one, okay, which... okay, 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 <laughs> okay. Although people say Rob DiPietro sounds like Joe Pesci, but I don't really think he does uh i just uh, think they're being i think they're making a new york bias and they're kind of being a little too yeah, narrow-minded his, he's not as high-pitched as yeah he's not he's not high-pitched yeah. i mean he's right yeah no i don't see Focus. that i don't like it at all I, nah. if anything he sounds more like a uh a gravelly boy i don't he's, know he's That's not that far one. off of de niro i mean they're 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 somewhat <laughs> similar do it with the thing. Ooh, uh, I can't do it, Rob DPH. Rob, I'm not making fun of you. I just can't do you. So <laughs> don't think that wasn't bad. I mean, it's a little. Ooh, exact, uh, I love my. I love me some. Uh, do uh, that uh, sounds like mind. Pacino, Mike. <laughs> oh, maybe is that some a, l- a little bit like early Pacino, like Serpico Pacino. 
Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not even going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> That's nope, I'm, not, I'm not an impressionist. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. All right, so yeah, we got the guys here. They're going to talk about fantasy baseball with us today. It's going to be a doozy of a good time. Don't forget, we're part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. RotoFanatic.com has rankings. All of our rankings are available, including my own and the rest of the squad. Matt Williams, Mike Carter, Mr. Doctor, Dave Funnel, all of the finest Roto Fanatic analysts in the land. Check it out. It's fun. You'll have a good time. Rankings are fun. I don't think rankings are that important, but it's part of the business and job, so we do it. Yeah. You know, it's just like something that people like to look at and say, oh, hey, look at that guy. It's not like the end all be all, but we do right. do it. And it's fun to to stir debates. That's really all it is. You is got to give the people what they want. I mean, it's a simple thing. Uh, it's it's quick and easy. You know, it's not yes. it's not precise at all. Um, yes. I always say closer rankings are the only rankings I like because at the end of the day, you're only really looking for one thing from closers and that saves. Whereas every other position, it, it really depends on your team balance at the time, do I need more speed, more power, more average? You know, it's different who you're going to rank yes, ahead sir. of who. You're yeah, smart, it's, too. It's easily debatable content. I mean, it's for sure. You got to make it. I got to tell you this, though. We're going to do a listener league, and we've never done one. It's also part of the routine is they have your own listener league. And the Palazzo podcast definitely needs one. There needs to be a listener league that says, hey, Enrico Palazzo listener league. And it's going to have two L's and two Z's. You talk. You're going to love it. Give me two. Guarantee it. And I don't know how it's going to go. It'll be a best ball, so you don't have to do any maintenance or anything. We'll just do a one-off. It'll be draft-focused. Uh, fan tracks. Uh, we're not as cool or as popular as Zach Waxman and the Draft Champions podcast where they can do <laughs> listener leagues that are designed by the NFBC for him. And he's a massive, massive, big-time NFBC player, so he does deserve the street cred he has over there. But, you know, Deary, I think if we do something cool, I don't know uh, exactly what the details are yet, but we're still working on it, so... What do you think, Deary? Good idea? Yeah, idea? yeah, I'm on board. I mean, shit, I was texting you last night. I'm like, I haven't even drafted a team yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I got my, like, two home leagues, and, I, you know, I got the TGFBI, and I'm, I'm just kind of waiting it out still. I don't, I don't know I don't know what I my only, hesitation is. I've only done one, Deary, so I'm right with you, man. Um, and I've what? literally never drafted a best ball in my life. Yeah, well, I know that. that. That is on Twitter everywhere, yes, which is a big story. But the, you've only done one draft? I feel like we've been drafting all over the place. <laughs> well, we did, well, we did like four, uh, you know, Roto-Fanatic mock drafts. I did those. Oh, well, I don't I'm count not, those, no. No, I'm, not, I'm saying real drafts. Jake and I did the Battle of the Pods. That's it so far. Maybe Dave drafts just... the team and then sells them off to listeners. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, that is something. That's probably a company out there who does that. Hey, oh, there's, there's, there are guys that are in the high stakes world that are just, yeah, they, they get uh, sponsored by guys or they'll pay two thirds of the entry fee yeah. or, or financial backers. And, yeah. Backers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. God, I need to so get on wild. that gravy. Train. I mean, Childs, Childs did that. Go I don't know if he still does, go. but yeah. Chris Childs of the New York Knicks. I remember. Yes. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Ch- <laughs> no, Jackie Sean Childs. Sean Childs. <laughs> one of the Jackie old guard. Child. Jackie, Jackie Childs. Childs. Yeah. All right. Look, right, yes, P. we'll do a listener league. So stay tuned on that. If you have interest in the listener league, email the show plausible podcast at protonmail.com. Uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. Talk about some things that we need to pay tribute to. That's where we fire up the Belvedere music. I want to say thanks to Brent Herzog, who invited me into his auction league he's doing. And I think it's mainly analysts. So it's like an analyst auction league. I've never done an auction league for baseball. So I'm finally making my first foray into it. And I'm really excited about it. It's a $25 entry fee. No big deal. Thank you, Brent, for thinking of me and inviting me to your auction league. I've done a lot of football auction. 
finally doing baseball auction. Thank you very much. I want to say shout out to Mason Dodd of the Fantasy Flock Network. This guy really knows his stuff when it comes to creating a YouTube channel and growing it. He has like 22,000 subscribers on his fantasy football, fantasy flock channel, and now he's starting a fantasy baseball channel. So it's small right now, and he had me on last week to talk about five different topics, five different videos. So please go and check out the fantasy flock on YouTube and watch the video. One is already out on this season's first round players to to avoid or like the first couple of rounds players that you should try to avoid. Uh, hey guys, real quick, guess one player that's on that video that I chose. First round players or like first couple of round players to avoid? One player. Uh, you Darvish. No. One more chance. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer. No, the answer is Manny Machado. First round? Yeah, well, borderline, depending on the league size. First round, borderline first round, first second round. First couple of rounds, too, I also said. Oh, oh, okay. There was a caveat in there. I don't know if you guys are... Even so, I wouldn't put him in there, but... Yeah, I like Machado. Okay, cool. Well, that's why we did the video. So check it out. There'll be four more coming out the rest of the week. It's on YouTube, Fantasy Flock Network, the Fantasy Flock Fantasy Baseball channel. Please check it out. We'd be very, very grateful if you would do so. And finally, shout out to the Fantasy Insiders. I was on their podcast last night with Stoli. Stoli, good Stoli. dude. Yeah. yeah, right? You guys know yeah. Stoli? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, He's been following us. Yeah, he's on supported our podcast us early. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we're a big yep. fan. I, I know him. In Twitter, but now I really know him because I was on the show last night. We talked about all kinds of stuff. We kind of focused really just on NFBC 50s. That was what the show was about. So if you're into cool. NFBC 50s or you don't have any experience, you want to know a little bit more about them, uh, check out that episode with me and Stully, the Fantasy Insiders on Twitter. Uh, Micah Henry's also a part of that show. He wasn't on the episode, but he is connected to them. So right. another great guy that you should be following. He's yep. at Fantasy Central 1 on Twitter. Fantasy Insiders, all major podcast platforms. Listen now or forever hold your peace. At one, the number one numerical one, Fantasy Insider on Twitter. Thanks, Dalek. Okay, well, now we got all that shit out of the way. I mean, it's not shit. That's good stuff. Good people. <laughs> Can I crack oh. open one of your uh, kind of locals? You guys know uh, Rochester Mills? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not too yeah. far from us. They got some good stuff. They make yeah. some really good stouts. Yeah, this yeah. is the the blueberry pancake or the blueberry pancake stout. So oh, yeah. they had they Base had seller. they had a uh, Christmas uh, twelve days of Christmas milkshake stout uh, uh, gift pack. Yeah, uh, twelve days. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yep. it was oh, amazing. it's not your cu- it's not your cup of tea at all, Mike. They're delicious. It's a it's a, a meal <laughs> in a glass. Slightly, they're all slightly different. Kobe. But this one this one smells like a plate of blueberry pancakes. Yeah, the blueberry's good, good, but I can't have more than one. Yeah, That's right. Fair. It's a one. That's it's fair. a one time. Govier looks like the kind of guy who's an IPA guy. Nah, it just it's no? all garbage to me. I don't even give a fuck. I could give yeah. a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just how I, I don't know. I just, yeah. It's not fun to me. I've never had an interest in it. Uh, you know. What do you, so? What do you like, or do you not drink? I don't really drink. I mean, I'll drink, but I'll have a truly. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> calories no no back in the day mike you were known to have a real nice dirty martini right you like those oh yeah remember that ron yeah that was yeah. that was a run okay yeah that's true i was really into dirty martinis for a while and there was also a period of time when i was in my 20s i'll give you credit dave when i would go to the store where you could do like mix and match six packs and 
I got into it for a bit, but now at this time in my life and everything I've been through, I, I just couldn't give a shit about drinking. It's not fun. Once you've been as high as I've been on opioids, you just don't really want to drink that much anymore. It's not as fun. It's kind of amateur hour. I mean, once you do heroin, <laughs> booze is just second nature, dude. It's not as fun. It's kind of like, it's second fiddle. It's horse shit. So. Anyways, yeah, that's my stance on that. So, oh, but yeah, I say, well, you know, we're we're in the same boat. Yeah, we we just we did a little too much heroin yesterday, so we're trying to cut back today. <laughs> See, that's, I knew yeah, it. That's I why we were up going till four a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that'd be the opposite. You probably go to bed pretty early, but that's my opinion. <laughs> Anyways, uh, shout out to Roger Samills. in that realm. <laughs> clearly, you guys know what you're talking about. Roger Samills Brewery. I believe they're still open for business. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, no, the that fuck? one's the one I drink and is really old. It's like five years old. Our, one of our viewers says, what the fuck, LOL. That pretty much <laughs> oh, oh Zytor! Zito, yeah, yeah. Hey, Zytor, how you been, man? Zytor, I haven't seen you since the uh, Roto Fanatic live stream we did where you won the free t-shirt. Let me know how that free t-shirt's doing, man. You're the only guy so far outside of the Roto Fanatic uh, team to have a, a Roto Fanatic t-shirt. You're, like you're a very unique human being, trust me, so cool Side it's a really tour. cool logo by the way i really like uh, yeah, the, the the logo that you guys did will mims will mims the, is uh, the... the baseball too i mean uh but the the lettering is cool too i agree will mims is the master shout out to will mims good dude he's our graphic design dude at rotofanatic.com everything you see out here is basically will mims created with some input but he makes it happen cool okay how about Get the show moving forward here and head into some leading off. And Zytor says, sorry, I haven't thanked you for the shirt yet. He loves it. Thank you, Zytor. Glad you enjoyed the shirt. Send us a picture of yourself wearing it sometime. That would be very cool. All right, and leading off today, we're not going to, you know, I've actually taken your advice, guys, and me and Deary have been talking about it, too. Like, leading off just kind of drags the show out. We've been trying to cut it out entirely, and we've also cut some of the tidbit news. Like, who gives a shit? You made a good point, and I want to give you guys, I think it was Dave who was kind of saying that to me as well. Like, hey, nobody nobody cares. Like, you can get your Roto World (laughs) news on, like, roster movement and tidbits like that. So... (laughs) Good job, Dave. Who? Which Dave? You aren't you, Dave? I I didn't say that to you. <laughs> I swear you. Well, look, you gave me the genesis. <laughs> we, of the we idea do that then. shit on our show. Yeah, we do that on our show. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would say that. We had a conversation. I swear. I don't know. We have so. <laughs> we, there's so many Twitter convers- conversations. Uh, I mean that, and you just texting me, Josh, with a question mark. But I mean, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> Look, Josh? we're a part of the let me give the audience or the community here a little bit of a insight. So we're part of the Battle of the Podcast DM, which is like fifteen Great. people just yeah. nonstop gibberish. And it's possible <laughs> that you could actually catch a piece of information like I did, but not be able to respond to it, and then your life just carries on forward. And I think yeah. that's what happened. There's somebody Somebody said something, and I was like, "That's that makes sense. I like that." And maybe that's I absorbed it, it without like, a, a conversation. 
whenever I teach a class and I come back and there's 150 messages that I missed in 45 minutes, I just throw up my hands and <laughs> go, there, there goes my damn planning period. It's Dude, gone. I swear Matt Williams, like, doesn't leave his keyboard. Like, he's just, <laughs> like, anything that happens, it's, like, instant. Matt Williams, yep. he's got, he's he's got four it. tweets about it already, and he's already texting or DMing in that Battle of the Pods DM thread. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to, like, post something, and he's already posted yeah. it and having a full discussion about it. I'm like, Jesus, how do you do this so quickly? <laughs> like, who's the guy that connects the least to the to, uh, DM? I think it's what an easy mean? call. Who's the guy that we hear from the least in there? Uh, uh, Mr. Baffle Crazy. Yeah, I was going to say Toby, but he also is the one that talks the most trash. <laughs> yeah, I would say him or Eric Cross. Those are the two that oh, are tied yeah, for the running. Oh, yeah, that's true. So. Eric Cross. And Eric was also the slowest drafter. He kept trying to set his cue so it would auto-draft for him, and it just didn't happen. I don't yeah, know Yeah, I mean... I definitely shit the bed. I'm in the running on that one too, but uh, he kind of bailed me out a few act. times. Well, you had you had the most unique one though. I mean, when you make when you're on the wheel and you make one pick and then not the next one for another hour minutes. and twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was classic, dude. Use yeah. up that time, man. Make yeah, everybody right. else maybe make everybody that else sweat that next every pick. Every ounce of news. That's right. <laughs> It's classic me. Yeah, that's, that's it's not the news. I'm just panicking. Even though yes. I have the information, I just don't know what to do. I, I, I've had all this time to think, and then the moment comes. Every, I, every, I'll admit, I'm a very indecisive drafter, and I panic oh when the time comes. You, so. you might want to fix that if you ever go to do a live draft because you have 60 seconds, and uh, you know you're there. Oh, but that's what I grew up on, though. I grew oh, up okay. on the one and a half minute okay. Yahoo early days, you know. So I have uh, a lot of experience. But like with that. when you're in, but like yeah. live at a table in with everybody ballroom. around you, yeah, mm -hmm. and you hear five other drafts going off around you yeah. in the same room it's, it can it's sure. a little overwhelming it, at first. it can be overwhelming if you haven't done it before yeah but we've done okay i haven't done a baseball live draft like that but we've done plenty of football drafts like that for years with our home league and stuff so yeah i got Football's i got that a little, it's a smaller player yeah so football only Football. like the first three rounds matter and after that it doesn't matter <laughs> baseball you got to choose between like 10 different reyes's so Okay. <laughs> that's a good yeah and that's the other thing you'll mark someone off and you'll be like wait i thought he was taken and then they're like oh no that was victor race and they're like oh son of a bitch all right so let's fine-tune this segment then <laughs> even right. though you're not going to take credit for it thank you for I mean... helping me thank you for helping me and deary see the light so this little segment here is about roster construction and like you guys say you like to focus on draft strategy and roster construction on your show and i think it's very smart and we we do that to a lesser extent, we probably don't do it as well as you guys do, and I feel fine saying that. I want to give credit where credit's due, but when it comes to roster construction, and you know, we could start with either one of you, or you guys could talk simultaneously. I do not care. What <clears throat> are the best methods when it comes to a roster creation? Now, we let's talk about let's talk about roto leagues mainly first. Is what is yeah. one of the key ways? Go ahead, Jake. Well, for your listeners that haven't really heard us before, Dave and I do tend to agree on a lot of things. So, I mean, if you ask one of us, the others is going to not mimic the answer, but have a lot of the same points. So, Jake uh, just uses bigger words usually. Yeah, well, oh. I'm, I'm slightly more articulate, but Dave just <laughs> makes up for it by talking longer. Um, <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> he stays uh, the course. He does stay the course. So. Uh, for us, you know, we, we kind of like to build our rosters backwards. It, so much uh, time is not wasted over the first round, but kind of wasted uh, in arguing who should go 10th as opposed to 8th, whatnot. We like to find our players that we want to target in the rounds 20 and beyond, see where those pockets are there or in the teens, and kind of work our way back towards the front of the draft and and see what players make the most sense to start out with 
that are going to allow us to use those values that we've identified or perceived values that we've identified later on to, to make the whole roster come together. Well, a lot of it is resources too. So we're looking to get those rare resources, what I call them early. Um, you know, like I, I think there's only not that many starting pitchers that you can really depend on. And if you think you need to get at least two of them, then you got to come up with a plan where you're maximizing those first couple picks. Uh, and like, I'm looking like later in the draft that I'm seeing, there's tons of outfielders, there's tons of first basemen that I'd feel comfortable starting late. Cause in a 15 team league, you can't start an all-star at every position, right? Like you need to find the positions where, okay, I'm okay starting a guy here, but then you look at like second base and shortstop and you're like, well, shit, there is nothing left at this point in the draft. So I definitely need to make sure I have my, you know, shortstop and second base earlier. And you look at this year in particular, you've got like nine elite shortstops and then it falls off a cliff in our opinion. So if you don't have one of those top nine, you're way the fuck behind everybody else who started with one of those nine. So they all go in the first two and a half rounds. So if I'm looking at the first three rounds, I'm saying I need to come out with an elite shortstop and two really good starting pitchers, then I can't be drafting an outfielder in the first round. So that's why when people tell me like, if you have the first pick, you have to take like Acuna or, you know, uh, Soto or Trout. And I'm like, I don't think so at all. I'm looking at shortstop. I'd rather take Trey Turner or, you know, Tatis or even go pitcher route and go Cole Bieber or something like that. So Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at those resources that we can't get later in the draft. You can't find legitimate hitters who steal bases later. The guys who steal bases later are the shitty hitters who end up losing their jobs or getting platooned or getting benched. Uh, you know, in, pre- in previous years, it's those Malik Smiths, those Gerard Dysons, Billy Hamilton. You know, this year you got Miles Straw. These are not the kind of guys you want to be relying on. You want to get those steals early in the draft so that later in the draft, the plentiful resources like power – they're everywhere. You can find them literally everywhere. There's never a power run because there's always power left in the draft. You can take Renato Nunez and pick 400. So that's how we look at it. We're looking to find the rare resources and the rare positions early. So then later when the values are at first base and outfield and pitching, that's what we're taking later. You don't want to be taking the positions that are weak at those points. Yeah. I think you guys, you guys are to tandem. You work together, and when I think of you, I think of this. I really do. This is what we do. This is who we are. We're You guys are always doing business, man. I'm telling you. you guys, this is what we do. This is who we are. You guys are doing business, and I respect that. I really do. Did that make sense? Uh, uh, I don't know if I explained that uh, clearly. Of course it but, did. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love the thought about, you know, too, too many people just look at that overall ADP, and it's like, okay, I have the fifth pick. This guy's the fifth rated guy. I have to go after him when there's plenty full, full of guys that you can go for in those first couple rounds. And I like the idea of, Hey, there's only a few guys at this position. Let's grab the guy we want now. And then, you know, the thought of working backwards, thinking of, okay, who are those guys? Do I want to target later that could possibly be starters? I think that's a really great way to look at it. And I think that's something that, you know, newbies to fantasy should really look into make your own rankings, which is like the one thing that I hadn't done for years. I started doing it about four or five years ago, make your own rankings, make sure they're applicable to your categories in your league and know your league. But I love the thoughts you guys have on kind of working in reverse order. Yeah. And just make mm-hmm. sure your rankings aren't static, you know, cause right. uh, like I said, every, every team you're looking for different things at different points. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a steals guy, you don't want to be taking just the highest ranked guy. If he's just his power, you know? Yeah. 
um, which of course, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things to consider. And there's, there's a lot of guys you got to know inside and out. You got to know exactly as Dave said, what, what they bring to the table. You know, if, if you need average late, there's not a lot of guys that can provide that. So right. you, you got to know the ones that you can focus on and, you know, uh, don't be Depends asleep. what late is. What's that? Oh yeah. Depends what, what's late. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys find yourselves when you guys do you guys find yourselves when you get into drafts that you end up, you know, having to obviously you're going to have to shift kind of what your process is and maybe what you planned out. Do you get to a point in a draft where maybe you're like, okay, I'm going to have to kick that category down the road because I'm completely out on average and maybe I'm going to stock up on power or look for stolen bases or even kick, you know, saves out out, out the door? So it depends, first of all, if we're talking about an overall or a standalone league, because in an overall, you cannot punt any categories because you if you're joining an overall uh, any league that has an overall competition component to it you're you don't have any chance of winning the overall of course if you don't have something yeah, and so least. much of your entry fee goes towards it that it's just it's a negative ev play to not go for it right because we've had that question before where people are like well do you just go for your league win and without going for the overall i'm like well you never start there you know you always start going for that <laughs> overall now you know Phil, for example, Phil Dussault, another high stakes, really good high stakes player that we're friends with. He had to do that last year where his like ratios got torched uh, for his pitching. So he had to just punt those in order to gain in other places. Um, that was mid season. That was yeah, not yeah, during yeah. the draft. Right, right. Yeah. Not during the you draft. You can definitely mid-season. punt mid season. I mean, if you see that there's just no shot at this team getting to the overall, then win that damn league and get that 4X. You know, at least right. get your four X. Right. If it's yeah. like a main event or something. But this like is that. this is why we stock up on those rare resources right. early, so that we don't have to. We want high average, high steals guys early in the draft, so that we don't have to worry about mm-hmm. finding those later because they're so much harder to find. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. People always think like I need to get all this power to start with because there's always great power guys. I can get power anywhere in the draft. I can get power in round thirty. Like that's you can always catch up. People need to stop thinking of every pick in a vacuum. Like this guy gets better stats than this guy. But it's you're looking at a collection of picks. You're looking at what's this pick plus this pick plus this pick. What's the best collection of picks I can make? And there aren't a lot of power guys. I mean, guys that are big power guys that are even going to give you a, a mediocre to good average. Right. So what's the point? I mean, in our eyes of taking, you know, Pete Alonso in the sixth round when you can get a guy that can hit a few less homers and give you the same average, exactly. if not better at the same. I mean, position. you get like Kyle Schwarber is like Pete Alonso light. I mean, there is no. Randy Rosarena light in like round. Oh boy, 20. we talked on the last show about Miguel Sano. Yeah, he's good value to me because I can. I would rather have him and wait. I would. Why would you take Matt Olson if you could have Miguel Sano? Is that crazy? Well, we we we're not big Miguel Sano fans. Batting order, <laughs> batting order, maybe. You know, Jake. I'll tell you what. I was looking into it. He might end up hitting cleanup or fifth, actually. Yeah. With their current setup, so because we were originally Behind thinking he Cruz. might hit like seventh, but uh, looks like he might be moving up now without like Rosario there and everything yeah. else. He's also um, another injury. But guy he's too, just but... he's such a piece of shit. Like that guy does not <laughs> give a fuck. <laughs> like seriously, no. yeah, doesn't yeah. like. That guy doesn't care, and I don't like guys like that on my team. And he can what, hit. What was the term that he was can hit applied like in his? Uh, the generous a, carriage. A generous carriage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. generous. Okay. <laughs> wow. Make me believe it. Yes. I uh, thought you guys called him a generous Karen. <laughs> there is that's no the oxymoron. Yeah. No, he he came he came to camp fat. What was it like a year? It was three years every ago. year, it was three, like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, he's got a very generous carriage. Talking about his his ass. That was like his general manager <laughs> that said that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I screwed myself because I think I 
I mean, the he guy, the guy has tons of yeah. like the guy can hit the most homers in baseball. We just don't think he cares to. Okay. Well, look, I drafted him tonight in the league, and I can't undo it. And I have to. But live you with didn't it for overpay for exactly almost the like, same profile. So exactly, you, know, you no, didn't take it in the no. sixth round. You took him like the sixteenth round or whatever. So yes. it's much yes. later. That's fine, and I can live with it. So fuck it. Uh, I got another question here. Oh, because we could talk about that for days. Like we do a whole episode on that, but we got other things to cover. <laughs> Do you guys invade Yahoo leagues to like win money? Because I feel like this is something that's going on that maybe people don't talk about. If people are high stakes players that can clean up against the best and they want to play yeah. against the best on NFBC, that's one thing. Why don't you just go to a bunch of Yahoo leagues where people might not be as informed paid leagues that aren't as, I don't know. They don't give you a biggest return, like thousands and thousands of dollars, although they are on there. No, they no, do. They're, they're they solid. do. Yeah, they're eight, eight, nine times, right? Uh, actually, Yahoo, well, Fantrax has the best return uh, in terms of lowest rake, and then Yahoo is after that before NFPC. NFPC takes a bigger rake, but it's a better overall product, especially when you're talking about their live events. But yes, I do go and clean up a bit in Yahoo. Um, Jake doesn't really. Uh, I play usually a few fan tracks a year. I'll do a couple $500 fan tracks. I'm not huge on leagues that don't have fab because uh, I'm not really great at being able to be Yahoo is first daily, come, first serve. Yahoo is daily changes. And yeah. Jake's at work, you know, I teaching. I can't he can't it. stay on top of that stuff. So, yeah, uh, I I mean, the Yahoo Pro Leagues, they they are a good investment. And there's trading, if, too. And there's trading. That's another thing that's kind of so, wonky. So, you know, in, oh, in right. NFC yeah. and fan tracks, mm-hmm. there's no trading. But yeah. That's all Yahoo we ever knew there. growing up, though, to us. Me and Deary, we've said it on the show a million times. We grew up on Yahoo. And that's, yeah, I that mean, was yeah, what we did too. things It's were. a great format. Like, it's the easiest thing to go on that, like, on that app on your phone and make changes what up fish? Hi, John. On, fish that's my boy john fish i love john oh fish. hell we were playing on sandbox you guys remember sandbox.com i never played i remember it but oh, i never played on it i know oh, I, ne- I never played in the sandbox uh, i mean we were yeah yahoo like the early days of yahoo uh early cbs stuff yeah i mean we grew up on that stuff but it's i don't know i just i just got tired no, of all you're right crap. you have to let it it's another good point it has to fit your lifestyle yeah, yeah, I, right. can't, I can't do daily. I, I just can't. There's no way. That's when I played TGFBI last year. I was in for a shock because I had never played the in a league changes. with bi week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. semi. It was crazy. Blew my and mind. You, was, and you absolutely have to set your yeah. lineup. Like you have to be looking at the first half and the second half is like two separate weeks. You can't just say, "Well, I'll just find someone to throw in." You need to look at that second half of the week and say, "Do I have the right?" complement of players to put strong guys in because if i have a guy who sits against lefties and they have two lefties they're only going to have one game in that weekend that's yeah. bad people are passing you and i didn't know that pitching was permanent you can't undo any pitching only the hitters <laughs> could be modified you know that way was... way back in the day you could take them out if they were injured yeah but you, no. you can't do they stopped yeah. that because people were were you know like milking an extra two start out of that they would yeah. just start an injured guy on purpose and then kind of flop them out and stuff ah, okay so that was that loophole was closed so they used Man. to do that that's why I say, please, if you never played TGFBI before, know your league rules. Mm-hmm. It's 101. It's yeah. fantasy baseball. People fantasy sign up anything for stuff all the time and have no idea what they're signing up for. And that's <laughs> that is the and you don't know what what like the rules are, the format, the structure. And it's like you, you go into a Yahoo draft. You're only starting three outfielders. So, like, do you really want to take an outfielder in the first round? You only yeah. can take two more to start the whole rest of the goddamn draft. So <laughs> always you the first thing you should always do is look at your league setup and structure and know how am I going to get an edge on everybody else in everything. 
I'm going to be DMing all of you guys because this will be my first year of TGFBI. And Mike is talking like talking it to me like I'm walking into an X-rated movie right now. I'm terrified. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Deary, if you if you have uh, 450 or you can look at uh, <laughs> Mr. Govier's uh, SP Streamer Draft Kit there, I wrote all of this stuff in this in the draft guide strategy section. So I go over all of the different ins and outs between Yahoo and Fantrax and NFPC. And a lot of that will also help you with TGFBI. So yeah, the, right. the fab process is a little intricate. Yeah. Uh, it takes some getting used to, but it it's grown by leaps and bounds. I mean, it used to be one of the clunkiest things in the world four years ago, but they since they got bought by Sports Hub or or taken over by Sports Hub anyway, they yeah, really still got some work to do money. though, Deary. Don't let them fool you. That's <laughs> as a rookie, man, I'm telling you, just the, the TGFBI fab. It's the, the it takes a little while to learn the process, but the the intensity of the bidding is not nearly as strong as no. like the main event. So at least no. it's not that big of a shell shock kind of thing. Um, okay, I would agree with the that. The first few weeks, you once you get the hang of the process, yeah. it's it's not too bad. Yeah, but when but I software sites and they have really good video tutorials on there also. They uh, do. That they've made a, a couple of years ago. They made them, um, and they they haven't changed it a ton since then. So who the hell are you? We came to wreck everything. And ruin your life. That's how I felt originally when uh, I was playing TGFBI last year. <laughs> but I want everyone to learn from my mistake. That was the very last time ever, ever, that I didn't know my league rules inside and out. I I got too cocky. I showed up like, oh, I played fantasy baseball. This will be fun. <laughs> that was a huge mistake, and I admit it on the air, and I want you guys to learn from me. So don't get cocky. Don't get cocky, kid. All right. Last question real quick. Is there a Luke Voigt-type value? In 2021, is there, what I mean with this question is, Luke Voigt gave great returns last year. Where you could draft him, typically, you might have got him earlier or later, depending on your draft. But typically, his ADP and the value he returned last year was incredible. Is there someone like that every year, or is a Luke Voigt a unique one-off? I, I mean, I would say in most years, you're going to be able to find guys that have that kind of return. I mean, you had... Like Jorge Soler comes to mind as the guy the year before that, you know, where exactly. finally everything came together for him. I mean, he's always had that power. It was always just a matter of him staying healthy enough to do that. But then he got severely overdrafted in 2020. And I, I told people, I'm like, you can get guys 100 picks later who give you the exact same profile as Soler. You're relying on Soler to stay healthy to return that value and healthy and productive. And like – that's what people don't understand. You never want to take a guy coming off of a career year. You want to take guys – you can have guys coming off of a really good year like uh, Soto coming off of 2019 because he still had a whole – like he had still had more levels to hit going upwards, whereas guys like Voight in 2020, that that is a career year. If you're expecting something – like you're basically paying for past production with that. So you don't want to do that. You want to find the next Voight. You don't want to pay for last year's Voight. Um, I thought you meant literally who has like the same kind of skill set who's going kind of later. No, no, yeah, yeah. I just mean it and could so, be a pitcher, it could be anybody. Yeah, Jorge is a good comp. I uh, I went with uh, Josh Bell, <laughs> uh, who is your boy, really? and he's also no, I'm dead serious. I mean, you're he's not a fucking guy with who had, me. He had 37 homers at the 277 average in 2019, and uh, I don't know what happened in 2020. But he played for the fucking Pirates, and it was in the middle of a COVID season. He wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> I, I think that that explains a lot of it, but I expect that K percentage to come way back down. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how he looks in spring training, but if the K rate's down in spring, uh, I'm going to be back in, and uh, I think he could have a really big year with uh, with the Nationals, and he can provide that 
that same kind of value in like the 13th, 14th round or so in, in a 15 team league. I Dude, like that was so lot. meta. That was so meta on so many levels there, man. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me in so many different ways that my <laughs> brain was going to explode. But you're not. That makes me happy because Josh Bell is somebody that people challenge me on. And uh, I think the value there is real nice. I like where you he's let at. Him go. You let him go so many times in the yeah. battle of the pods. We, we were we shocked. Kept, we kept thinking you're going to take him every single time. And you kept not taking him. I'm like, okay. He's still we, there in the 13th round. It. We're taking him we now. Had to do Fuck it. OVA. We, so. When we passed on him in uh, 11, we thought for sure you were taking him on that uh, that wheel. And then... Well, look, I said that uh, that draft, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't. It was a tough, I never drafted this early. Draft. It was, it it was, was a tough draft, difficult. and I wasn't prepared. It was early on. I had, Like Deary saying he doesn't draft early. I never really drafted early, so I started drafting this earlier this year. This is the earliest for us, earliest we've ever done. Oh, okay. mm, don't say. Us. Oh, sorry, sorry, me, not Jake. Yeah, Jake's, I, Jake's an early draft. I drafted Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, not many. Not... I mean, I do one DC at a time. It'll take me a couple weeks, and I'll do another one. I do. I, I you usually only do two. You DCs. don't do fifty-seven like Zach. No, I do. I I'm not a degenerate like Fish and like Zach. And... <laughs> yeah, Fish. <laughs> fish is another guy, dude. That guy, motherfucker's in every goddamn draft. Yes. Hi, Fish. Keep on drafting, buddy. <laughs> you you do you, Fishy. <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, he should. He should. I, I, I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a blast. Yeah, I'm still but, getting to know John, but so far, what I'm seeing, I really like John. He seems like a really oh, he's he's solid all American. He's he's right up our alley. Like he's just he's just. <laughs> <laughs> he's Thanks, also John. an alcohol salesman, so you know how do you not love that? He has that in his Twitter bio, and he makes it very clear, no doubt about it. <laughs> but this is a hey, it's a Rico Plato Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are talking with the Rotosaurus. Two equals one. That's right. Dave and Jake, Jake and Dave, however you want to call them. They're both on Twitter. Let's give a shout out to both of their individual Twitters. The Dustmite is Jake on Twitter. <laughs> the Dustmite, that's correct. You heard that. And of course, less than Dave, as you know him, he's Davey, my guy, Run, Mc, Run D McD. So R U N D M capital Mick. So it's basically Run D McD. That's yeah, the best way mm-hmm. to do it. exactly. Add that D though, because otherwise you're messaging the band. That's right. Run, Run DMC D. plus the D. That makes it all happen. <laughs> I've gotten some really funny things from people. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I bet. All right. Well, hey, now we've had some fun. We've talked a little fantasy baseball. Let's get a little stupider with Enrico's Inquisition. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, Jake, Dave, you guys heard the show. You know how this works. Oh, yeah. Real simple. Oh, yeah. I'm so used to hearing these at one and a half times, though. Like, it's so weird to hear them all slowed down. <laughs> That's the second time we've heard that this week. Uh, that's what Mendy said on Monday's show. I never yeah. listen. Like we said, Dave, we learned this. I never listen at uh double or one and a half i listen to every podcast at regular speed i'm so backed up right now i need to be on 2x or i can't get through them all i understand time is a a crunch for you and most of us in society i quit my job and decided to just say hey you know 
I'm going to listen to everything at regular speed. Fuck society. That was my decision. <laughs> I don't know how that's going for me, but hey, I I I, uh, I appreciate that, man. I, I I wish you all the all the best. No, luck you're making it happen. Yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're very supportive, and I do appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, so right off the bat, um, let's. I'll go with Jake. I'll I'll call your names out. Uh, Jake, Marty Schottenheimer, or Bill Belichick? Oh man, uh, I I. I Marty, Marty was just such a golden time for the Browns. So yeah. I guess I got to go with Marty. I mean, that's when they they went to two AFC title games. Granted, the the outcome wasn't great, and we we don't really have much memory of those because we were pretty small. But we don't have a lot of good positive Browns yeah. memories. Period. Bill but. got a, Bill got a raw deal in Cleveland, but I'll I'll still go with Marty. Yeah. But you both agree? Okay, cool. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer passed away. So yeah, so R.I.P. That was was a huge. If someone else brought up that headline in the uh, oh my title God. of the pods DM, oh. Marty Schottenheimer, known yeah. for shitting the bed in the playoffs, <laughs> dead at seventy seven. Like what the fuck, man? Oh, that's, that's messed up. We all know he couldn't win the big one, but why shit on the guy that day he passes? I mean, come on. Yeah, and he, he had Alzheimer's for like seven years. I mean, dude yeah, had a really bad end of his life. Yeah, why not bring that up in the headline? Like more people need to know about that stuff and. It needs to be spread it out into society so we can talk about these things more. Fuck that shit. Garbage-ass obituary. All right. Marty Schottenheimer, though, could never win the big one. It was tough. But, yay. I think most Browns days beat a Lions day. True or false? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been a minute since the Lions have been relevant. Um, I, I don't know, though. One minute. They, win, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they had the Barry Sanders days. I can't remember how good the team was during those years, though. They made the playoffs with... a handful of times with them. Okay. Okay. Three times I mean, in the 90s. We well, four times, technically. Reasons. The first year he retired, they made the playoffs without Listen, him. Listen, we, we were irrelevant essentially for 20 years since we came back as an expansion team. And P.S., we didn't have a team for several years. So I'm going to go with the Browns uh, have had it worse. And we had the more recent 0-16 season. That's true. You guys have won playoff true. games. You have won playoff we games in your lifetime. You 0-16. Did you guys have a parade when you went 0-16? <laughs> uh, I think we did. I I know we had the Fire Matt Millen parade. I can't remember. There's a lot oh, of parades yeah. about negativity, so who knows? Uh, anyways, I think we all need to coalesce. I see yeah. Detroit and Cleveland as two similar places. A lot of commiseration places. between our two cities. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Right? I mean, Cleveland and we're, Detroit, we're, I, we don't need to see the differences between us. We're, we're all the same. These two cities are, have very similar histories, and absolutely. I don't see a difference. Absolutely. Okay. How about this one? Um, hmm. No, no, I don't like that one. You know, I write all these down, and then the moment of truth comes, and I'm just not as excited. You're about indecisive. It's like drafting. It is like drafting. Yeah, I mean, I write a bunch of these down, and I have a lot of fun with them. But things change. And all right, uh, would you rather go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or would you rather spend five minutes in Lake Erie in February? Uh, it depends depends on which beach in Lake Erie. It, beach is in quotes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like the the one that's like right outside the Rock Hall, I would easily go in the All Rock Hall. All our fish have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I'm but so glad I exposed like, those you know, videos. an hour out of the city, I mean, those those beaches are very nice. But 
no, the rock hall. I, I love I love spending two and a half, three hours in a museum. Yeah, never. I yeah, learned don't go one time, me. never go to a museum with fucking Jake. He will stand there and stare at something for 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, I look at it for about 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, cool, move on. He just, he's, he's, <laughs> oh my God, that was the worst. That day is still to this day, one of the worst, one of my worst memories with you. Yeah, he took me to an exhibit. I, I with his parents too, and his parents who were you know actually pretty into going. They were like, is, "Is he done yet? Like, can we go?" <laughs> oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. It's like That's Cameron funny. Fry and Ferris Bueller just staring <laughs> deep into the picture. Yep, yep. <laughs> Any museum doesn't matter what the subject is. Oh God, I've been to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, and uh, I was underwhelmed both times. I will say, it's, yeah. it's smaller than you. I'm expect. with you, Go yeah. VA. I'm with you, especially if you've been there. You know. Frequently, it's like you know, you especially see the... if you don't give a shit about that stuff, like me. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! No, I don't like that kind of talk. But <laughs> I just thought it wasn't. It didn't bring anything. Spe- I don't know. It's like yeah. well, I have a rock and roll hall of fame. I don't know. The music lives, and that's what really stands out amongst anything. Although you know, some of the uniforms or some of the outfits. You know, if you're into fashion and stuff, that's yeah, kind of yeah. cool. But they have like handwritten lyrics. You know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's cool. They have a piece of Otis Redding's plane. That's kind of neat. But That is bizarre. That's a <laughs> fucking terrible way to die. The way he died yeah. is just awful. It's so awful. Right, John? John, he had died in Wisconsin right there, right in your area. Mm-hmm. So in a lake. It was terrible. Yep. So, uh, okay, well, that stopped the show. Dead in the <laughs> so. I got okay. nothing. Yeah, it's, it's depressing. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I'm a hist- Like I told you, Jake, I used to teach a history... And uh, I love history stuff, so I guess I'm kind of a sucker for that. But you, you drive two and a half, three hours over there, and some of the stuff you see, you're like, well, eh, it's not kind of what I thought it would be. Yeah. Hey, so it goes. I All was right. a history major, but uh, not not that kind of history. Oh, and what kind of history was that? Ancient history. Oh, ancient history. I love ancient history, dude. Let's talk about yeah. it for the next half hour. Okay. <laughs> Jake, Jake was a classics major. He loves ancient history, too. Fuck ancient Egypt. Yeah. Oh, can't get down with that. I'm kidding. No, I mean not fuck ancient Egypt. I like I ancient Greece. Egypt. So, yeah, I mean that's. Fine. I mean, yeah, Greece, Rome. Going to Rome was awesome. That was the. I just that was did the a, uh, I just did a paper on the sexual habits of the Greeks, the ancient Greeks. Interesting stuff. Cool. I yeah, don't know anything before 1980. <laughs> there was nothing that was not taboo for them. Yes, that true. is quite true. Uh, Modern day Christians in America might be. A gasp at what mm-hmm. was going on in ancient. That is fair. That is fair. Thank you. I appreciate that. I support academia, and I believe in it. I just didn't want to be a part of it myself anymore. No, <laughs> no qualms, no beefs. You know, uh, I just think middle schoolers are a chore. It's very, very challenging. I taught middle school for two years, and it was some of the hardest years of my life. But then again, I was addicted to opioids, so I don't know if it was them or the opioids. Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> tomato, you know, we'll tomato. Never know. Yeah, Sounds exactly. Like story. <laughs> Does it? Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're doing Enrico's Inquisition here with Jake and Dave of Rotosaurus. High stakes. Heat is the podcast. It's a really good pod, and it's getting a lot of listenership. If you want to be on the ground floor, get in now because it's already starting to build up more and more and more. These guys are on their way. Uh, how about this one, Jake? Golf or gambling? No gambling, easy. Easy for you? Okay. Not, yeah, curious. not close for me. I I'm not a golfer at all. Dave, I just it's not. I mean, yeah. it's fun, kind of, but 
I can easily <laughs> play blackjack for six hours than go golfing for. Yeah, no, six no hours. question for me either. Yeah, same thing. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know where uh, where that one would come out. You never know. You take a shot in the dark sometimes. Golf. Yeah, well, Deary, we know. Yes, Deary loves golf. <laughs> he's, a, he's a passionate golfer. Uh, here's one we ask on the show all the time: uh, sliders or curveballs? Yeah, I, heard, mm. I remember that one every time. I don't think there's anything prettier than a nice 12-6 curve, but you get yeah. that answer all the time. I mean, yeah. like a, I don't know. Uh, I want a slurve. <laughs> hey, fine. That's the first time anyone said that, I think. <laughs> Who throws one, or is that just an MLB? The I mean, I remember CC Sabathia used to throw one. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Someone throws a churve. Well, that's Lucchese. Yeah, Lucchese, he's terrible. Though. I don't know. I like a nice, hard biting knuckle curve like Cody Allen used to throw a pretty nice knuckle curve. Mm, yeah. Well, Cody he, Allen. Boy, Beaver he throws apart. a good knuckle yeah. curve, too. He does. And nobody brings him up. People bring up, uh, you know, Kershaw and uh, Rich Hill has been brought up. But that's good. Beaver deserves no. credit for that. Well done, Shane Beaver. It's not gift worthy. Like uh, nobody, you know, a nice lefty, a nice lefty curve usually looks a little bit better. I yeah, that's think. true. Yeah. Plus, people like to shit on Beaver for whatever reason. Mm, I think you're putting your own bias in there, Dave. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to goat you there. I know they do. And you've caught oh, a lot no, of shit, I... and you've stood tall and come back for more. I commend you for that, Dave, because it's not easy to do. You stand on a lot of hills, and you're willing to stand firm. And I respect people who do that. But you're also yeah. willing to listen and learn at the same time. So for sure. to you, buddy. Well, thank you. You got it. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, Jason Siegel or Seth Rogen? I guess Seth Rogen. I I'm, I don't have a strong feeling on that one. I'm sorry. Well, you don't have to feel strong about it. You can just answer it. You can I, add a yeah, third I'd, guy in I'd, there if you'd like. I'd say Seth Rogen. Oh, who's the third? Oh, you can add your own if you'd like. Oh, okay. If, if you have no, 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 no feelings no, 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 towards no. these two guys. No, he can't <laughs> oh, do that. Oh, it's a this or that? Okay, I'll shut up. Not in this segment. <laughs> you can do that when we do like ADP conundrums, but you can't do that here. Right, give us Rogen. We'll take Rogen. All right. Well done. Uh, who does it better, Bloomfield or Freeze? Oh, man. Mm. Those are two of my favorites, actually. Yeah, and I'm not I'm just putting saying you to that. it. Are now talking, I'm putting it to you. Are we talking hair or analysis? Yeah. yeah what? Now, I put no context on this, so it's your context. <laughs> who goes to the barber better? Probably Ooh. Freeze. Um, hmm. Okay. Man. Yeah, I like both of them. They're both really nice guys. Um, Max Freeze is in our uh, in our Glarf League with uh, with the three of us. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'll, I'm, I'll stick by my Glarf my Glarf buddy Max Freeze, but uh, but Ryan Bloomfield, we got a lot of love for him. Yeah, both both guys are really high on our list. Yeah, uh, Bloomfield, I, I guess his bloom boards are extremely accessible, and a lot of time they are uh, kind of speaking to the NFBC. Uh, discussion that we so frequently have. So, I don't know. I guess, I, guess I, I would go in his direction by a hair. Fair enough. Would you rather win the main event overall? Yes. Or win the lottery? Oh, <laughs> God. Mm. 
I mean, if it's millions of dollars, yeah, I mean, I'll, take, go, gotta, I'll take the money. Yeah, yeah we're talking lottery. like your hey, weekly no. Powerball, which could at least 10 million. I don't know, it's probably at least 10 million bucks. I don't know. Yeah, hey, I got my overall title already. I'll oh, take, I'll take okay. the lottery. <laughs> but it's not a main event overall title. Hey, don't you cheapen my title. I'm not trying to cheapen it. I'm just saying. If we're gonna, you guys, you guys fucking show is like built on the fact that there's differences in the most minute things and it's important to look at the details. So don't give me that shit. Fair. I'll I'll take the very large detail of the fact that it's a lot more money. Have yeah. you won a you've won an overall title? I have not. Yeah. And anything. I've not even won a regular NFBC league yet. So who the fuck am I? <laughs> well, we like you anyway. We do. Oh, thank you. I like you too. Even though you haven't won a main event overall yet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watching. It'll nice. happen. I believe it. If someone's going to do it before, year. it's going to be you. You're definitely. Well, I mean, it's not going to happen for Jake for a while, anyways. Mm. But uh, mm. you know, Uh-oh. he'll be he'll be. As long as I don't miss any fabs this year, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you need a you need a co-manager, buddy. <laughs> no. If one guy wins on the show, you both win. If Mike wins some big time leagues this year, he will give credit to me as well. Of course. Fair enough. Absolutely. I would definitely do that. I would love to see that. All right. And finally, as we always do, for love or money. Love. Love. I mean. Absolutely love. You can you, you can find things to do even if you don't have a lot of money together. I mean, being together is worth so much more. But isn't fantasy baseball all about winning money? Yeah, it's a hobby. Well, love, love or uh, you know, the relationship is life. So, there you go. Well, that's very well said. Different nice kind show. of love, not the romantic kind, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like the love of a, a first. I mean, you got to love what you here. do to be good at it, in my opinion. Like you know, the people who are the best players are the people who, you know, they enjoy diving into all these stats and making the Excel spreadsheets and everything. Like. It's a labor of love, as we've mentioned many times. I mean, our podcast, we've made like 50 bucks on it so far. So, you know, obviously we're not doing it for <laughs> the money. Um, you know, it's it's uh, we do it because we love it. And uh, we're hoping that, that that takes us somewhere in the end. Oh, bonus one. Uh, Carlos Bayerger or Charles Nagy? Oh, Ooh, shit. It's Bayerger for me because yeah. you, you struck a chord there. He's, yeah. my, he's my childhood fave. Yeah, Bayerga for sure. I grew up as a second baseman when I was uh, before I was a teenager, so Bayerga was <laughs> my yeah. So actually, Brian Giles was my favorite Indian, which is kind of a, a weird pick, I know, but uh, for whatever reason, I just I love that guy. Dave was a prospector even from a young age. I was, yeah. <laughs> and then we trade him for Ricardo Rincon, yeah, to the to the Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates, yep. and I Ricardo cried. Rincon of Moneyball fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. He, he he was a serviceable lefty for us for years, but. Yeah, he so was, was Brian, Brian Giles. Giles. Yeah, Brian Giles is a little bit better than serviceable lefty. Yeah, well, you know, tomato, tomato, like you said. Hey, that's how it goes. <laughs> hey, listen to the Hey, it's Enrico Blasso Fantasy Baseball Podcast. That is Enrico's Inquisition. We closed that loophole. It's done. It's over with. Hopefully, we learned a little bit more about these guys beyond the game of fantasy baseball. Good times. Noodle salad here. We're talking with Jake and Dave in case this isn't radio. So you've probably started the podcast in the beginning. You know who we're talking to. I don't need to update you every 10 minutes like you're just tuning on a radio station. So I got to stop doing that. Because <laughs> so. you start a podcast, you know who it is and what's going to be there. It's not like you're like flipping through the stations. Like, oh, shit. Jake and Dave are on. Fuck. I, I, That's yeah. fine. I appreciate it. Oh, you it. never know. Marty Schottenheimer might be listening. Oh, well, I hope he is in heaven. 
Rest in power, Marty. Okay, now let's get into the focus of our fantasy breakdown. That's right. Now we're really going to learn from these guys. This is where they take it to a next level. These are dudes who know this stuff. They really do. That's why we, the main reason we had them on the show is they're funny, they're interesting and entertaining, but they're very, very knowledgeable. So let's start off with the Insane Fantasy Takes. Insane Fantasy Takes. Why you taking that player? Insane Fantasy Takes. Why you taking that player? You guys like Cypress Hill? <laughs> That's great. That yeah. <laughs> that one's moving up the board. That one works uh, well. I, I like that one. I like the meatloaf riff. Um... There's I one heard, I'm not a fan of, but I'm not going to let you know The yet. first time he brought on the meatloaf and Deary was like, oh, God, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I love it. It's it's now my favorite behind ADP, but Insane in the okay. Membrane is is moving up. Yeah, ADP okay. is, uh, is a great one, too. Well, this is Insane Fantasy Takes, and courtesy of a friend of the show, Yancey Eaton, he wanted to hear it more, so I said I would play it more. Insane but I want to go through one round of this, so... This is just an original focus, something that you are going to stand by yourself and say, hey, this is what I think based on the research I've done or how things are starting to come together on this date and this time. It could change, but we just want to get you to put yourself on the line for an opinion on a player, or it could be anything draft-related, anything fantasy baseball-related is a focus. So, Dave, you're going to go first. Why don't you give us one thing you'd like to share with us? Okay. Um, I'll go with Randy Rosarena will be a first round pick in 2022. Um, he Uh has the right skill set. Like when you look at hitters going in the first round, it's those five category contributors. It's those guys who can give you homers, give you steals, give you average. Um, you know, he's not going to necessarily be like a 300 guy, but, uh, you know, neither is Acuna and he's, he's in the mix to go number one overall. Um, very similar kind of skills guys. And, uh, you know, everything about him is legit. And I think people don't want to buy in because they're like, oh, well, it's a small sample or, you know, we did in the playoffs. And I'm like, so wait, it doesn't count because he did it against the best competition in the playoffs when it matters. Like, how does that work? Um, you know, they hit him second and third every day in the playoffs. Um, he's he's also an elite BABIP guy. And I've noticed those guys who go through the minors with like a really high BABIP, like 390, 400, they can maintain that level. Those are those guys who often translate really well. And uh, he's he's made adjustments at every level. And I think sometimes people make uh, arguments about like, oh, he can't hit breaking balls or, you know, he, he only hits fastballs. Well, he struggled with breaking balls during the regular season. And then what did he do in the playoffs? He destroyed breaking balls. Um, and I mean, the, the guy just keeps making adjustments. And that's what good hitters do. Uh, they make adjustments. And I see that in him, just like I saw it with uh, Jose Ramirez uh, going from 2019 to 2020. People were kind of avoiding him in the first round because they're like, all right, Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, was the worst hitter against uh, all breaking spe- breaking pitches. And then in 2020, he was the best hitter in the league in- against breaking pitches. So I just I never put too much stock into, st- into stats like that, because if you're a good hitter, you're going to be able to adjust and uh yeah, I just think I think a Rosarena uh, takes that takes that next step, and he's the only guy really going outside the first three rounds that I can really see pretty good chance of making that leap. Funky butt loving. Wow, that blows my mind, man. I 
that's that's what I wanted from you, and you delivered. Thank you, Dave. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. I would like to argue some of the points, but I'm yeah, go ahead. Table. Well, no. <laughs> yes, he's had he's had some BABIP that is positive in the minors, but it's the longest stretch he had in one spot. His BABIP was the lowest of most of those. You know, two seventy eight in twenty eighteen. Is that with a learning experience? Or are we just kind of dismissing that as, hey, shit happens because the rest of them look better after that and he grew as a player? Or how would you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there are several times that he that he grew uh, as a player from one level to the next. Uh, and, um, I mean, he's a, even from when he came into the majors uh, in 2019 and then to 2020 and then um, from 20, 2020 to the playoffs, like you even saw him grow – in his ability to uh, hit off-speed pitches. And you see him tracking the ball really well. If you watch video of him, he he alters his swing slightly so that he can put himself in a really good position to hit pitches at different levels. And uh, that's what you see from those elite hitters. So that's kind of what has me buying in. Well, what happened to Cody Ross after he had a great playoff run <laughs> that one year? <laughs> I love how we keep bringing up Cody Ross when we talk about a Rose. Uh, is uh, I, what, what did his playoff run include? Ten homers at a pretty young age and uh, with an elite skill set, or I don't know. Uh, he was a little more fine tuned. I mean, he was not that much older than him, though. He had a nice run with the Giants that one season. I, I'm I'm fucking with you. That's oh no, I know. I honestly, I have no idea what he did uh, in the playoffs. I I have no recollection of that. So everybody is a, so interested to see what a Rosarina does this year, and I love that you're on board and pulling a hot take out there of where he's going to be drafted next year. No cause... hot takes on the show, dearie. Oh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> it's an insane take. Remember? Oh, yep. Play it. Insane fantasy takes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's really good. I love it. <laughs> Uh, Jake, why don't you go? Give us something. Mine's near, not going to be nearly as nuanced as Dave's, as they, they normally are not. Uh, I don't I don't usually come at it with the same level of uh, information backing it up based on stats and things like that. But I, I, I originally put on here, I was going to put that Lance McCullers should not be drafted at all. I'm going to taper it. I'm going to taper it back. I'll say Lance McCullers should not be drafted in the top 250. Uh, his current ADP... His current ADP is in the NFBC Draft Champions League since January 25th. It is 118 and a half. I saw him in my Draft Champions today go in the sixth round in a 15-team league. Wow. I, I mean, this is nothing more than the dude is never healthy. He hasn't thrown more than 150 innings since 2015. He didn't throw at all in 2019. He's as inefficient as they come. He's not a two-pitch pitcher anymore. His changeup's pretty solid, but he's a five-innings-per-start guy, max, just because of how inefficient he is. And he's – you look at uh, Derek Rhodes, shout-out to him, his his uh, injury timeline. Lance McCullers, it's just gigantic chunks of colors. <laughs> gigantic chunks of different colors all over the damn place. I I, I traded Lance McCullers in, the, in, in a keeper league like five years ago for Jacob deGrom. And Odell <laughs> Herrera, and that was the last time I ever owned Lance McCullers. It was right before he got hurt, uh, the, his first major injury, and that was it. I was done with him, and I never owned him again. So, I personally don't draft him at all. I I will say in a draft champions, I can see somebody drafting him, but where he's currently going is absolutely asinine. Yeah, sound we, familiar, we take, we take people <laughs> off of our draft board completely. Like we yes. don't think that everybody has a price. Like we're not those guys. I, agreed. Okay. 
We just talked about McCullers hour and 15 minutes ago, hour and 20 minutes oh, ago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What was the take? Uh, we don't like him. Okay. He was on, I, <laughs> was that, he was was on, I chose him. I chose him as my do not draft list. The you know I would do anything for an ace, but I won't do that. He was my okay. guy. I won't mm-hmm. do it. So okay, that makes me feel good, Jake, that you're on the same bandwagon yeah. as me. Woohoo! Although he has a career three seventy four ERA, yeah. which is I mean, nice, but a, like not a bad pitcher, but right, like you can't trust it. Twenty ADP, that's ridiculous. You guys are like the risk averse masters. Yeah, that doesn't Early make in sense. The draft anyways, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, that is a good caveat. You're right. Fair point. Uh, Jerry, what about you? You got something that's just, you know, out there? Yeah, so you guys had brought up earlier in the show, Jake and Dave, finding power a little later in the draft. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be one guy that hits 50 home runs this year. Ooh. And my insane take is it's going to be Franmil Reyes. Oh. Franmil Reyes. That would be awesome. Absolutely murders the ball. His max exit velocity the last two and a half years – it's just premium. Hard hit rate is unbelievable. Barrel rate the last two years of 12.9 and 14.4. You can't teach power, and this guy has insane power. He's got good patience at the plate yeah. by his walk percentage, which I really, really like. 275 average last year in 60, 60 or in 59 games, betted 249 and 150 the year before that. So he's going to give you more value than just those home runs. We talked about Pete Alonso two years ago, hit what, 52, 53 home runs? Fran Mill Reyes is only 25 years old. Most projections have him 34, 35 home runs. I think he's going to go on this insane run in Cleveland, and he's going to be the guy on Cleveland that everybody is talking about. Young player. I think Fran Mill Reyes is going to hit 50 home runs this year. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. I'm, I would love that to happen. Um all I can say uh, as a counter is watching him, it didn't seem like he was able to make the same adjustments like J-Ram was. Like a lot of people, when they're afraid that uh, the lineup would hurt J-Ram, I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not concerned about him. He can make those adjustments. I don't know if Fran Mill has those contact skills, especially against off, if he sees a lot of off-speed stuff, to make those adjustments. But I don't think we know yet. Um, I think he can. Um and it'll be interesting. I, I really hope he does, though, because, I mean, he's a huge talent for sure. What really interests me is just looking at his stack-ass numbers and, and diving deeper is he doesn't hit fly balls at, like, a crazy rate. He actually hits a ton of ground balls, which I'd like to look deeper to see if that happens a lot on off-speed stuff. But he clearly murders fastballs. But I think he's a special player, and he's really due for a breakout. Uh, yeah, I, I would. That It's very possible, and I would love that to happen. I, I wish you, you would, Panama Red. red. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there it is. We did some insane fantasy takes. They happened. Insane fantasy takes. Why you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Why you taking that player? I admit my B real is better than uh, the other guy. I got to work yeah. on the other one. Yeah, it guy. fits so nice. Fantasy. I like how you say that. Fantasy. You gotta, you gotta. If you're gonna, if you're gonna pay tribute to Be Real, one of the finest artists of the last 25, 30 years, then you gotta do it right, and you gotta bring your A game. So that's what we're doing here on the Hey It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Now we want to talk a little bit about 2019 or 2020. So in this segment, we're kind of cherry picking, and there's a lot of cherry picking going on. 2020 was a season that caused a lot of uncertainty. It was a short season, and it was a goofy season, and people don't know what to make of it, especially with pitching. It's 
really throwing a wrench in things for 2021. I am baffled at times. I admit it freely. It's a unique time to get in the industry to analyze and try to give other people advice on this stuff. But happy to do it, and I stand by it. So, guys, I want to get your takes. Uh, you can pick a 2019 or a 2020 for a player that you like, and you can say it's also the reason you don't like a player. So you can you can interpret this any way you want. And let's start first with Dave this time. Yeah, um... So I oh wait I wait, say, wait 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 oh, we started oh. first with Dave last time I'm an oh, asshole I'm immediately good. pulling that back I'm pulling it back Jake no it's all you buddy no oh, God. it's it's just so it's so your brand though uh, yeah but I I have a moratorium I'm not <sighs> gonna do it Dave has a moratorium <laughs> on saying a certain player's name and many can probably guess who it is if you've oh, heard it before yeah 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 uh, I mean it, yeah. it it's just an it's an easy call for us we're we're throwing out 19 for Zach Plesek and we're weighing 2020 way higher than 19. Not to say that 19 was useless. I mean, he still had his, uh, his really high level of control, but there was just so many tangible changes for, for Plesek in 2020. I don't think he Um, did. I think his control was not as good in 2019, actually. Not as good. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly the same, but it wasn't anything uh, to be a detriment. But uh, three—that's three high-quality secondary pitches. Uh, a change of the pitch mix to a point where he's he's only throwing his fastball less than 40 percent of the time. Um, we just saw so much growth out of Plesac. Uh He spent a lot of time working on his delivery and his mechanics and, and making them more uniform. And you could just see just a total physical change in him. Granted, he, he needed to grow up a little bit, obviously, but in terms of the skills, we, we saw a massive skills jump in 20. Um, we, we just, we see a budding ACE, not, uh, not to compare him to Bieber, but just, just in such, just a similar mold. There were just so many things about the two of them that in their development mirror each other. So we're we're heavily waiting 2020 for Zach Plesac as opposed to 19. Do you find the number one argument against him is the you know the short season where there wasn't the opportunity to do what he could have done on a full scale, or is it the central schedule where he was facing weaker competition more frequently than he would have if he had gone outside the divisions? Uh, we I think we hear the short the short sample just a little bit more. I mean, the, the, I keep hearing he it's only eight starts. It's only eight starts. It's only eight starts. And and uh, uh, Rob DiPietro had Todd Zola on his pod, and and Zola's you know big big reservation in the top one hundred was that Plesac was going to likely fail. And his one of his main arguments was the fact that he did better when he had longer rest in those eight starts. Uh, he had. Uh, Three games, I, I believe, I don't have it in front of me. Three games of four days rest, three games of five days rest, and two days or two games of extended rest, like opening day and when he came off his suspension. And he said that he did progressively worse with less rest. Well, yes, he had two starts that were stellar in the short when he had extra rest. His two starts or his three starts with five days rest were in, in like the two point two ERA range with one to one K per nine, and the start the starts around four days rest he had a three six era so it was three six three starts he had a three six era which is fine in in three out of eight starts a three six era if that's your worst you're doing uh, i think we're okay and he was just under a k per uh, a k per inning so i don't i if that's the argument we have you know that's i mean 
not going to stand up. There's right. a lot more things that he has going for him that that we've already not to mentioned. mention the people who say sample size and then they give you these minuscule sample yeah, sizes of two smaller. games and three games. It's like okay, <laughs> how does that hold up? Dave, I didn't know you back then. So what was your take on Plesak coming into 2020? Uh, we were on him. Um, it was uh, to this extent. Was, we weren't no, out no, no, there. Well, you know, of course we, not. Yeah, of we weren't not. on a pod broadcasting it every. But I had him in draft champions leagues, and I but, took him in like the 24th, 25th Yeah, because because Matt Williams comes at us with that. He's like, "Well, where were these you know prognostications <laughs> last year?" And I'm like, "Dude, we were on him last year. You just didn't know who the fuck we were." So like, <laughs> well, that's what I'm what saying. I didn't me? know. Yeah, I didn't right, know no, you. And, from, that's, uh, and that's fine because I only really kind of uh, started tweeting like you know, really a lot about a year ago. And then Vlad retweeted me and I gained a bunch of followers. I had a year ago today, I had like 250 followers and now I'm at like 1700. So obviously, you know, not that that's like a huge amount or anything like that, but obviously nobody really knew who the, who the hell I was back then. So, you know, unless you were in the high stakes community, like everybody in the high stakes community was following me like a year ago, but now everybody in the general fantasy community follows me too. Um, not, okay. not everybody, but, that's the majority of the people that I hey 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 that. hey hey it's okay you know what? it's all right man you're doing fine <laughs> it's all right I'm it's at like 260 right now too so I, I feel I feel okay so yeah we yeah. Uh, we were we were in a police act obviously not this much but he did he wasn't the same guy uh, we saw significant growth uh, in yeah. 2020 from right. him where it's night and day watching him pitch like we watched all of his starts pretty much from 2019 through 2020. And he looks like a completely different pitcher. He looks much more confident. His sequencing is much better. Um, the stuff is better. Uh, the velo was down a tick, um, but it was for a lot of guys in 2020 with COVID. So I expect that to go back up. And I feel like he gets talked about like he's some soft tosser. Dude throws 93 to 94 miles an hour. That's not like, you know, he's not Kyle Hendricks throwing 87 up there. It was also up for a lot of guys, though. A lot of guys gave, I don't know, that's. All right. Well, whatever. Well, some people James were Paxton up. Some lost people velocity, and he was a piece of shit. Zach, <laughs> well, Zach, it's another guy know. that we never draft. Right. Right. Well, he's got a. But I mean, he can throw a no hitter, and it's fun. But Plesak, yeah. I mean, Plesak has that that workhorse build. He's he's a little taller. He's got a little bit of girth to him. I there's he just he looks the part, and he's young. I mean, he doesn't have an injury history. There, there's so many things that make us want to take him. And the Indians love goes. to push their yeah. pitchers. They, he, he, he had one of the highest innings six, for start rate. He has the he had the highest in twenty. He came right he out with eight innings, innings in his first yeah. start with eleven yep. Ks last year, right? Yep, I remember that well. Yeah, I don't, believe, I don't I was think like, he was what under is this? six innings in any of those eight. Starts. And he faced the White Sox three times. So like, let's not like get it confused that he faced like he faced the Tiger. No offense, he faced the Tigers once. Yeah, it's not like he Twins, faced the Tigers three times. Yeah. Those are legit offenses. There's no doubt. And the Royals' offense right. now, Ben Tendi's I mean, he heading faced, over there no, is he looking the interesting. Tigers. The Royals aren't. Yeah, the Royals are no slouch. So I'm I not would really just say, Dave, that the, the overall effort, in my opinion, in 2020 was for pitchers to ramp up their velocity because they knew they didn't have to throw as many innings that year. So I just feel like that's the one point I don't agree with you on this. But everything else you guys are saying makes a lot of sense. So I'm not in a opposition. I just want to make that point that. Pitchers knew they had nothing to lose playing 60 games, so they said, hey, let's throw even harder because we're not going to pitch 180 innings or whatever uh, the case may be. You'd think that, but yeah, a lot of guys were down. a lot of guys down. that were down, especially relievers no, there was. who normally yes. don't have to yeah. give a shit. They just right. wing it, but there right. were a lot right. of relievers that were down. Right, I think it actually explains Adam Wainwright, but then there's other players, like you said, it doesn't It doesn't explain. Uh, Deary, how about you, man? Give us Fucking a 2019 2020. or 2020. Uh, yeah, I had a few guys on the list here. 
I'm going to go with Eugenio Suarez. I'm going to throw out last year. I'm going to believe in 2019 a lot more. So he had shoulder surgery last year before the season started, and I had a lot of reservations on taking him. He still hit 15 home runs in 57 games. Now, he batted 202, but you got to look deeper into that. He had a 214 Babbitt last year. He's a 310 career Babbitt guy. 2019, 312, 2018, 322. I think he bounces back just fine this year. He plays in a fantastic ballpark. Projections on him are looking really great in terms of power. You know, you can see 35 plus home runs from, you know, the third baseman over there. A lot of runs, a ton of RBIs. You know, they brought back Castellanos. They brought him in last year. He's going to give them a huge boost, you know, for the whole season. Guy still walks a decent amount. He did that last year as well, 13% walk rate. I think Eugenio Suarez gets it all back together this year. He'll bat probably 250, 260, and he's going to hit a ton of home runs. So don't be sleeping on Eugenio. Don't worry about last year. Throw it out. Look at what his track record of the three-year averages once he got to Cincinnati and you know, he got there in 2015. Look at 16, 17, 18, 19. He just kept ramping it up every year with his best year being in 19. And I think in 21, he has another fantastic year. I like that. Hey, all right. And, uh, which uh, one of you guys wants to go back? You know, he was, to the he, was, he was a big fade for me going into the year because of that shoulder surgery. And people kept drafting him. And I'm like, you know, that shoulder surgery is going to severely impact his, his ability to hit. Um, maybe not even his power as much, but his ability to make contact and you see that average and it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, he probably just didn't feel comfortable at the plate. I mean, if you've had any, any yeah. surgeries, you know, anywhere up in your shoulders, your back, your arms, you know, I think he had that surgery, you know, pretty later in later in the winter. So like it was a it real was closer to opening day. Yeah, yeah. It was real sketchy to think like that he was even going to be healthy at all. And he still played 57 games. I think the Reds were trying to go for it in the short right. season. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's what attributes to the two Oh two. Um, look to see how he looks in spring training. If the swing looks fine and he starts, you know, hitting more doubles and, and, you know, obviously he's still putting it out of the park. Don't shy away from you. it's a lot of power that you're going to get from him. Yeah, he's not a guy that generally fits our builds, but right. you know, if he's if he's healthy player, he's, we're we're not opposed to people drafting him. Uh, I mean, even with how poor his BABIP and his average were last year, he he still had a 104 WRC plus. Even, I mean, he still pro- he provided you with a, a above average value despite that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like he did nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, why don't you guys give us one more between you two? You guys go any direction here. Um, well, I mean, the other one, uh, another guy that we that we like a lot is uh, Dylan Moore, um, and I'm definitely looking at his 2020 over his 2019. He definitely took a step forward. He's a guy who I've I've always liked, uh, who never really got a shot. I mean, he didn't really come up to the majors until uh, 2019 when he was 26, and he got 282 at bats, um, and he only hit 206. And uh, you know, this is a guy who's who's fast, but now. In 2020, they talked about how hard he worked on his – he changed his stance. He changed his approach. Um, he was always a low K percentage guy in the minors, like under 20%, and then he came up and was he was at 33%. You see that a lot with guys coming from the minors. They struggle at first to make contact, and then they sure. make the adjustment in year two, year three. And we saw that with Moore uh, last year, and he played every day, and he was pretty much the best hitter on the Mariners. And uh, this is a guy who – he's another – you know, I wouldn't call him a five category guy because I don't think he's really gonna help you in in average, but I don't think he's gonna hurt you either. Like projections have him in that 
220 to 230 area. And I think he's more of a 250, 260 guy. Um, and I think he's going to give you about 20 homers with uh, 25 to 30 steals. And I mean, he gives you second base and outfield eligibility. Uh, it's all about whether you think that what he did in 2020 is legit. And again, watching him bat, he, he looked like a different hitter. And uh, he just looked like, and there's a lot of articles out there about how he put all this work into, you know, changing his approach and everything. And like I said, you look at his minor league track record and it fits like he's striking out less. And I think that he even, he was still at 27%. I think that can still go down going into 2021 too. So uh, I'm expecting him to continue to progress. One quick comment again, Dave. Yes. Breaking balls. Uh, there's rumors that he can't hit breaking pitches for shit, and he's locks in on fastballs to get most of his action. How do you respond to that? Well, what did I say earlier about making adjustments? I mean, this is a guy who's <laughs> been in the majors for about 400 at bats, not even a full season. So I nope, absolutely it's think done. He's make... He'll never get better if he can't hit a breaking ball now. That's <laughs> how it is. That's the thing. This is Break like this, this is people's response. They act as if the stuff is static, like he. You have to account for people who are just coming up. Like maybe they might continue to get better. Um, I, and I mean, we don't know. He didn't really have that chance last year. He only had 159 plate appearances. So we'll have to see. He got if hurt he too. Make those adjustments. Yeah, he got he he got hit in the head twice in the yeah, same in goddamn the, week. week. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah. I watched it happen both times, and I'm like, "Fuck! They're not going to bring him back after that second one." Yep. Yeah, that's the thing here. Age. Uh, progression from minors to majors, the track that they're on, there's a progression of learning. Uh, maybe we don't have a tool that says, hey, this is the current spot this guy is on on the progression tool. I mean, like right. you need to know where a guy's at in his career. If he's 35 years old and he's having a breakout, it's probably a fluke, a one-off, right. something weird happened because he hadn't ever done it before. Like, uh, yeah, like Mike Yastrzemski brings up a lot of uh, debates, you know, because yeah, he's he 30... Does. And I, what, you guys have a quick take. I know I'm just throwing that name That's at you, but no, no, no. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm probably the high man uh, of the people I talk to on him. I'm not saying like he's a target or anything, but one thing that I look at is he's a lefty and he's always been able to hit lefties really well. I think the best hitters uh, who are lefties can hit both lefties and righties. So he doesn't have that platoon risk. Um, I think he's legit. And I mean, the bloodlines are obviously there. Uh, oh. I don't know. Some wait, wait, where's the out. bloodline tool? Some guys break out late. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but how many how many guys? Uh, you know, you got Bichette, you got Vlad. I mean, all these guys come from come from those bloodlines. Not all of them, but a lot of them end up being legit hitters. Yes, talk about okay. Colby Clemens. Okay, oh, <laughs> we got a bunch of Clemenses still in the Tigers minor leagues. It well, sucks. He, unlike unlike his dad, he wasn't able to use roids. Yeah, well, he could use them. You know, I, yeah. going back to Dylan Moore, I think Mike yeah. and I are out on him right now because it seems a little risky and Is that, that what I eight, said? What yeah I well said? no just that adp seems a little high for a guy that oh we just yeah, yeah yeah we just yeah. haven't seen enough from so it's like this is the breaking season you're either going to know whether he's going to be a solid fantasy producer or 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 not so the yes. funny the funny thing is he's like going like 130 he's actually dropped a little I, bit. I, th I would take him like at least two rounds higher than that so i think it's funny that people think that that's a because he's giving you four categories, like, and he has so many paths to value. Like, if he's not, if if for some reason he can't steal bases or he can't hit homers, he still has the other one there. If you've got a guy like you know who's a power only guy and the power goes out, what do you have then? You got nothing. 
Still think there's a kind of a log jam there though too. Going yeah, on, who man. did Mike? Who did we have on? I think it was two weeks ago. It's, wait, 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 a log jam? Are you are worried you, about shed? Are long? you worried about shed long taking it like that? Yeah, we had happening. Mike. Who did we have on two weeks ago that said if it doesn't go well in the first two months that Dylan Moore could lose his spot? We did I have someone. I, 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 can't, I can't remember, remember who it was. It I mean, we've had eight thousand guests on. Yeah. So. you could say that about literally anybody, though. I mean, Oscar Mercado didn't hit for the Indians and they sent him down. But I mean, like, mm. is there a reason to think that that's? I mean, yeah, but the with the outfield has- glut, look at this real quick. Let me just lay this out real fast. Outfield glut of super talent coming up for the Mariners that they want to get in the, in the mold there. Jose Marmalejos is just a stopgap. I kind of like him, though, but that's deep, deep, deep. Way, 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 way deep, deep, DC, like maybe my 49th round pick. He's not even drafted. Yeah, not even drafted in some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. He's not. But that outfield will fill with Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez and all these guys on the brink of coming up. And uh, if Ty France is going to, if Ty France is going to be fit in as the DH right now in Seattle's lineup, according to roster resource, which just like we always say in the show, they're just doing their best guess right now. They don't have right. the key access information that anybody else has. I think Ty France is a second baseman by trade. He's a middle infielder. He's not going to play shortstop. Uh, I just wonder if, if there's still a concern with JP Crawford over there. And then with, Shed Long, yes, Shed Long, I'm saying that, and Ty France. There's a bunch of middle infielders there. I think an injury helps, but I don't. I wonder. I do. I get a little paranoid with all these players. So yeah, I I see zero next to zero. Did risk Shed there, Long honestly. show you anything that makes you think that he was better than Dylan Moore? If you even read uh, read Matt Williams' no. thread on Dylan Moore, he came out and he said, "Okay, I learned that the Mariners love this guy." They yeah. were yeah. Yeah. Depoto. It's, Depoto came it's out and said, "Just coach speak, guys. Like they're just trying to motivate Shed Long and make sure that Dylan Moore comes in ready to play. Like it's they don't want to hand him anything, but he was their literally their best hitter last year." They're not benching him for Marmalejos or like when they bring up Kalenic, he ain't taking uh, Dylan Moore's spot. Shed Long's not taking Dylan Moore's shot. Scott Scott Service definitely loves him. Yeah, I'll bet you anything you want. Dylan Moore ain't losing that to those guys. There's no shot. Okay, he might not lose his spot. You know, Shed Long kind of goes along the profile you were talking about with the Rose Arena with a good bandit profile in the minors. It good. This is true. This is what you said about a Rose Arena earlier with a good bandit profile in the minors, right? Uh, what what are, you, what are you referring to? I'm referring what? to that point exactly. Shed Long has an excellent Babbitt profile in the minors that is much better than what he did last year and what he's shown. He still has not been given in Shed the majors. Long has, Shed, in the Long majors. Has, Shed Long has no power and does not have the speed that Dylan Moore has just on what I've seen. Shed Long has like a 5% barrel rate and a 32% hard hit rate. That's like the antithesis of Rosarena. In the lower level minors, he had a couple seasons that, over a 350 Babbitt, but anything above Double A, his best was a, he had a 346 in a in a he's couple fast. hundred at His, his yeah. Babbitt is because he's really fast. The Rosarena's is because he he hits the shit out of the ball. Okay, well we're gonna challenge you here, like we said, and I yeah, that's fine. That. It's fine. I'll put it on the board. I'll put it on the whiteboard. The Rotosaurus love the limo. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's always putting new debates and challenges on. Okay, cool. All right, All right. I like it. We'll I like what it. we're doing here. Well done. Uh, well, Deary, real quick, give us one more. We got to move on from this segment. Good God. Oh, boy. Who do I have? Um, let me bring up my doc. I'm sorry. You can, we get, we, Swan- just, Swanson, Mourinho. Yeah, uh, I like Dansby Swanson. I think he's finally coming into his own. I, I love the lineup he's in. Um, you know, he was a top pick several years ago. Um, you know, he Even finally. Getting signed? What's that? 
Even with Ozuna getting signed, the lineup situation? Um, well, I mean, he's still going to bat sixth or seventh in the lineup, but I mean, I think he projects out. He had 10 home runs last year in 60 games. Uh, he's still probably going to strike out a little too much for me, but being where he's at for shortstops, he's right outside the top 10. Uh, he can still give you double digit stolen bases. I still think this guy is due for like a big breakout. He's going to have a lot of guys on base when he comes up to bat. He had 49 runs and 35 RBIs in 60 games. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have, you know, 85 runs, 85 RBIs, always a high BABIP guy. I think that average can sneak up to like a 265, 270. Um, I just, I just like Dansby Swan. It's mainly because of the lineup that he's in. Uh, he'll give you that double digit steals. Uh, I like Dansby Swanson this year as a late value for shortstops. Once you miss that kind of first nine and you're really yeah. scrambling, I think he's going to be just dep uh, dependable enough for you. Yeah, it's okay. it's a guy that I like. I just I I would rather not end up with him, despite the fact that I like him, just because of how much capital you have to spend on him, and I think it's such a massive downgrade from that top nine. But well, this I do goes like, back to what you guys said earlier, right? About shortstops and the super bats. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's those nine, and then after that, yeah. you're looking at you know a Swanson and there are still some other guys, you know, like the Carlos Correa. No, but you're, you're fucking absolutely stay right. healthy if, once. If you miss on those nine, um, I don't, I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he gives you, uh, he doesn't hurt you anywhere is what he doesn't do. And he yeah. provides some, uh, some solid pop and you know, it's a good lineup. He should have put, put in some good runs at RBI out of, uh, out of the six hole there. Well done, guys. Well done. You guys are doing great work. Everyone is contributing here. We got a show full of data and information and knowledge. We got a bloodline tool that we're working on now. We're going to workshop that. I'm really excited about that for 2022. Get, the, we'll get be that ready. in the data monster. There you go. Yeah. Where's Dave Winfield's step godson? That's true. Wow, yeah. Can we, can we throw out one of another one of our dudes, Brian Reynolds, too? I want to pop him in there before we move Yeah, on. absolutely. Brian Reynolds. Uh, a guy that was just a Babbitt god pretty much his entire career until right. last year. Uh, and we were talking before about how average late is really hard to come by. He's got a 280 ADP. I mean, that's, that was the name I said, too. A, and I didn't even look at the doc, round, I swear. Yeah, a 19th round pick for a guy that could hit you 300, I mean, and and go 25, 2010. I mean, that's that's not a bad pick at all, in my opinion. Matt Williams wrote up a huge, massive article on Roto Fanatic last year about guys that would hit 400 in the small, you know, short sample size mm -hmm. season. And he was a name that came up in that, you know. People were saying, hey, Brian Reynolds could hit 400 just as much as the next guy. And it's really well thought out. If you ever want to go Google it, I'm sure it's on Google. Yeah, somewhere. I remember when he put that out. Oh, yeah, we yep. we knew that Matt was all over him. That's why in the Battle of the Pods, we made sure to take him before, uh, before because we were right before Matt. So when it was coming back that way, I'm like, if uh -oh. we give him two <laughs> shots at him, he's taking Reynolds, so we got to take him here. And then the you next league the I did, power. next league I did with DiPietro, or I did one with DiPietro. He took him, and I did another one with Brian Slack, and I did two DCs with him. And he looked back at the draft board at where I took Brian Reynolds in the first one, and he took him around before I would have gotten to him. Son of a biscuit! We're, we're putting it out there. It's already out there. So if you're gonna oh, own right. it, if you're gonna own a pirate, it's probably gonna be him. Uh, we got a couple. There's a couple actually. More we thoughts have, like, on that. Pirates. Yeah. I like Kevin Newman. I like uh, Adam Colin Frazier, Moran. depending on the size. Colin Moran yeah. is like hey, Brian Hay. The guy yeah. hits like 25 homers, hitting third, even in a shitty lineup. He's going to produce. He plays every day. And he it's goes true. and like. Actually, I was. I almost went with Colin Moran on kind of my deep dive on last episode. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. a really good yeah. late first base dart. Yep. All right, fine. I'll just let you have it. I don't want to 
I'm getting sick of arguing. So we're not <laughs> arguing. We're just discussing. This is a discussion. I'm kidding. I'm joking. So. You want to talk about Dylan Moore? Oh, uh, let's do it. Breakout time. Oh, breakout. That's right. We got some breakouts here. It is time to talk breakouts. People love breakouts. I feel like it's probably one of the most exciting categories outside of like prospect talk and dynasty leagues. People love to know who's going to be the person who's going to take it to a next level and return that massive value on their draft pick. So, uh, guy, I mean, I keep going. You get, you guys are a team. So just whoever the fuck you guys want to say, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Jake. Uh, oh, I get to go first. Uh, do you, you want want to stick with the the pirate theme? You can stick sure. with the pirate theme. Uh, we're we're pretty pretty fond of Cabrian Hayes this year. Um, there there are some detractors based on the ADP, based on the lineup, as we were just talking about. But you know, it's still a major league lineup. There's still going to be plenty of opportunities <laughs> for him. I mean, okay. I like how you put right. that. <laughs> he he's going to be hitting second, likely in that yep. lineup. Yep. Uh, his glove is elite. He's not coming out of the lineup. He's going to play 150, 155 games. I mean, he, he is their future. Uh, and present. And pre- Yeah, he's almost everything. Um, he's just a guy that projects a lot. And we've, we brought this up on our pod before, and I think it's been said elsewhere as well, that he his trajectory just reminds us of a Francisco Lindor. Not that they're the same player. Not that well, they're exactly the same. But... And the funny thing is we've thrown that out a few times and everybody says, I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. He's an elite defender. He's not appreciated for his bat. And it's, it's, it's under, uh, well, it, most people think that it's not going to be anything special in the majors. And as he's growing, you see a little bit of growth and he could, he could be a guy. And we saw it in the really short sample last year, 75 at bats or so hit that sounder. No. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. I'm texting my girlfriend. <laughs> it's hard producing and uh, hosting. Uh, and it's actually, you know, you really hit on a point there, didn't you? That's a, I, I, thought yeah. he was, I thought he was. I thought he was hitting up his opioid. Uh, oh no! <laughs> there is a dude. There's a dude in Cleveland. Local opioid. Den. Local, My kind of comedy, right there. There you go. There's a local radio host, Bill Wills. He works for the local news station here. He does the morning show for four hours. Dude runs his own board, hosts the whole show you know brings on two guests an hour dude dude's a stud like i i can't even imagine how guys run their own board like you do and like he does it, it's insane so anyway, Bill. Well I, done, I'm, Bill. I'm a talk radio junkie from when i could listen to things i mean i oh I yeah me too man that's radio. why i do this stuff i've the first sports based station that ever existed in Detroit, 1994, was WDFN, the fan. And mm-hmm. I remember when it went on the air and everything. I could give you the whole history of sports radio in Detroit. And yeah, I used I'm with to, you. I used to, we'll have to talk. I used to listen to a radio and go to bed at like six yeah, years old, seven years old. I listened to like Ron Barr Sports Line when I was a little kid. I just fell asleep <laughs> to that. See, I never heard that one. I always wonder where Ron Barr came from on EA Sports. He just showed up in like the EA Sports, NHLPA, yeah, like Westwood One Radio, nationally syndicated overnight stuff. Oh, yeah. But, oh, Sports uh, Entertainment Network. Yeah. I remember that one. Sports yeah. Entertainment Network. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I listen to all that dumb stuff. Sports well, Flash. To Brian Hayes. Um, I know Dave <laughs> loves all this. Dave's like, I don't give a shit about radio at all. Why? Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's a third baseman that could take a massive jump this year based on not just what we saw last year, but the fact that he's going to stay in the lineup, he's going to get consistent at bats. Uh, 
And he also gives you speed from a position that doesn't normally give you speed. I mean, you could get 10 to 15 steals. You get 20. You could. Well, I'm, I'm being conservative, but 10 to 15 steals in, based on his history from a Joe Ram like territory, third base, a third base position, giving you that kind of speed. I mean, that's extremely valuable in this climate when steals are harder to come by as we get along. Um, I, I'm we're all about Cabrian Hayes to the point where we fucked up and said in the zoom, the, the massive <laughs> zoom call for the battle of the pods that we had, that our plan was to take Cabrian Hayes and then in, uh, in the eighth round and the seventh round was upon us. And we had to take him in the seventh round because we screwed up and <laughs> told everybody that we were going to take him. But oh, we love Cabrian guys. Hayes. Uh, ADP is actually fallen a little bit. I think it's down to about 140 these last couple of weeks, which is just fine with me. Yeah, 141. So I'm all about that. Fine. Yeah, that's cool. I got no beef for that. Hey, Deary, give us somebody who's going to break out. Oh, man, I've been talking too much today. I'm like sticking with the Cleveland Indians for some reason. I'm going to go with Tristan McKenzie. Uh, six foot five, 115 pounds or whatever he is. God, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's rail thin. Um, I'm so amazed that Ian Anderson is getting all the love and Tristan McKenzie is just getting shit on. This guy struck out a ton of batters in the minors. Does not walk a ton of guys. Did pretty well last year. 2.43 walks per nine. Not that bad. Great against the bad, but he really did good with guys on base last year. What I like is he's got four really good pitches. A good 93-mile-per-hour fastball, and he's got three other pitches that he's still learning how to pitch them, but he's throwing them already. And what we've seen in the last seven, eight years with the Indians is they've been able to develop pitchers. I mean, Plesek probably having a breakout this year. Bieber. Bauer had some stints when he was there where he really, really looked good. I like Tristan McKenzie. He's probably not going to get a million innings there. He's not going to pitch 180 innings. They're going to be conservative with him. He's probably going to get anywhere from 20 to 24 starts. But I like the mix that he has, and I think he has a really good opportunity to have a breakout this year. So I like Tristan McKenzie. We we uh. love him as a talent and especially long-term. Um, I think you kind of hit on our concern is the innings, but – it's also that he started losing velocity he was once tapering off. Last yeah, year, the, yeah. The velocity started dipping like after a few starts and then they kind of turned him into like a piggyback starter yeah. towards the end. And, and he's another guy that had a lot of health concerns in the minor yeah. leagues. These last few years, he's barely pitched. I just, um, I don't know if he has to like, I don't even, I don't even know if he's capable of putting weight on. Like, I think he's trying <laughs> he, to. He's just one of you those think. guys. I don't, but yeah. like, I feel like he's like, you know, one of those Ethiopian, like Somalian runners or whatever. Like, <laughs> dude just can't put on any weight like he weighs like literally 100 pounds i don't know but you're right like the, the skills are there and the yeah. indians are the yeah. exact right system to develop him i just i'm a little personally too concerned just due to the uh just due to his his health and his uh velo- waning velocity yeah his, his i think ADC, I, the, I think the indians will control him right and if they see that you know they need to skip a start because you know that velocity is going down i do like the other pitches he has he looked really dominant last year in a couple of his oh, yeah. starts mm-hmm. for sure so he could definitely give you some real early season value if that fastball is there he's going to strike out a ton of guys did not really walk too many guys in the minors and decent home run per nine in the minors which is really really good so uh we'll see i mean keep an eye on it early in the season well said how about you guys give us one more um so for me it's gonna be i'll I'll pick evan white um he was a guy we we really liked coming into 2020 but he's making the jump from double a uh like he was a guy who showed uh not just good power i mean not not great like 
he's probably like a 25 homer guy. Um, but he was, a, he was a good average guy too. And he, he made good contact, but then, uh, you know, he came up and he struck he, out 42% of the he time. Totally flipped what he was doing. Right. I mean, he was, but, his approach changed. You know, you, you go from double A to the majors. He clearly just wasn't ready, but despite yeah you that, know what dave i want to say something real quick you yeah, know yeah. he appeared to be inconsistent in terms of his launch angle and it wandered up and down all season long okay that's interesting i didn't i didn't actually know that oh um, i thought maybe you wrote that because it's from the sp streamer draft game. <laughs> 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 i read it word for word thinking maybe i took a chance that you wrote, yeah, wrote it no no that's funny though is I, that, that I, curlin curlin probably uh, yeah that, curlin yeah. did that i just did the strategy section at the end but um with white the guy's batted ball skills are phenomenal uh he had a 14 percent barrel rate like 113 max ev 52 and a half percent hard hit rate um you know this is only over 100 you know batted balls but uh you know it it looks like if he can just stop striking out and make contact more often like the sky's the limit for this guy he's got uh all the makings to to break out i just think that uh it's kind of like santander when he first came up with the with the orioles um, he wasn't quite ready yet, and I think this year he might be. And you're paying like a uh, 350. What's his ADP, Jake? Oh, um, it's 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 way down there. And this is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's at like around base, 400. At first base, you've got so many guys after pick 300. 365. 365. So like you know you could throw him and Votto and Moran. I mean you're gonna get solid production out of your first base slot for those kind and of And it's guys. another guy with chip and speed in a position that that's don't true too. Get it. Yeah. He's and a he, guy that ran in the minors. So he did yeah. run a little bit. And the, the minors, Mariners yeah. love to run. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And, and I've been despite, targeting him too. So despite how bad he was last year, he still played pretty consistently. He I mean, they moved every him day. down. They moved him down to like eight in the lineup, but they never took him there. out. He was in there every day. Like they're, they're committed. They to signed him. that long-term contract for him. It's not like arbitration matters. I, He's like you said, he's an elite defender. Another one, he's going to be in there. Yep. I like it. I've been targeting him as a valuable kind of backup first baseman in a sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that's that's a bad thing either. I'm not trying to minimize what I think of him. I just used him as an opportunity to kind of fill corner infield and first base later in DCs uh, and NFBCs as well. So he's a guy you don't want to have to depend on. He's a guy you want to be able to use if he makes that jump like we're hoping he can. Exactly. No doubt about it. I, although in our uh, battle of the pods draft, I did wait a while on some corner infield stuff. Uh, Regrettable. Uh, Edwin Rios, <laughs> although I love Edwin Rios, so I don't give a shit what anybody says. He's going to be my starting <laughs> third baseman, and that's how it is. Uh, there you go. That's that's how it is. Shit. Uh, Deary, did I give you two breakouts or one? Uh, you gave me one. I'll do, I'll do one more quick one. Uh, similar guy, first baseman, uh, who's been in the minors for quite some time, got a short stint two years ago, came up last year. Great hard hit rate, great barrel rate, great max exit velocity, just like Evan White. It's Jared Walsh of the Angels. Um, I think he's going to have the opportunity to get a lot of at-bats in Los Angeles. I mean, Albert Pujols is 95 years old. Um, (laughs) Like I said, he spent six years in the minors. He was able to hit a decent amount of home runs. When he finally got to AAA in 19, he had 36 home runs, 86 RBIs, 90 runs. Now, you're going to have to live with a lot of strikeouts. What was encouraging... Only in 108 plate appearances last year, it was down to 13.9%. All through the minors, it fluctuated anywhere from 23 to 39, 28, 27. Um, But I think he's going to be able to give you a decent enough average, 250 to 260. 
always been an absolute Babbitt monster in the minors, uh, anywhere from like 350. I mean, there was one year in 70 games, he had a 423 Babbitt back in 17. That was an A-plus ball with the Angels. But I like Jared Walsh. He's going a little higher than Evan White right now, but I think he's going to have a chance to give you some power a little later in the draft. Yeah, we we love Jared Walsh, and he's actually a guy who uh, helped me solidify my main event league last year, so I, I, uh, I got a lot of love for the guy. My only concern is after getting Dexter Fowler, they were talking about maybe using Walsh a little bit in right field uh, when when uh, they want both Pujols and Otani in the lineup uh, between first base and DH. Um, I do think that Walsh is the guy most of the time at first base. I just don't, I don't, I don't know that they're going to play him every day. I think he could play, you know, f- you know, four out of six games, you know, two thirds of the games, or five out of seven, something like that, which is still good. And I love the skills there. Um, I that that's really my only concern. Yeah, I, I think Fowler was brought in to kind of solidify when you when one of these guys goes down because Otani has not been able to stay healthy. Pujols can't even walk over to first base yeah, as a know, DH. Yeah. Um, oh. So I think Fowler's just kind of like, all right, if we have some massive injury issues, then we're going to need someone to fill in the gaps. Do they still uh, have two years left of Pujols, 2021 and 2022? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And they're like, what, 32, 33 million? We got four yeah. years of Miguel Cabrera still. Yeah, maybe. You yeah. know what though? Miggy had a bit of a resurgence last year. I lit- I literally almost picked him if for he, one of these. If he weren't UT only with hopes of getting, I mean, he, he doesn't really have hope of getting first base eligibility, no. does he? He's no, not, not with another no, it's, signing it's, with Nunez and Candelario and Paredes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, not gonna happen. He's sitting on shame. ass. But, I mean, for he, but he was hitting the ball well last year, and he's the he's a usable player who gets forgotten about. He came in really healthy last year. I imagine he'll do the same again. And you know, some of the power was there last year. Uh just yeah. he was hitting mm-hmm. the ball a lot harder. He, you know, the last three years he hasn't been healthy at all. And I know right. he's what 37 now, he'll be 38 midseason. Um you gotta hope he has one of those like david ortiz light end of his careers <laughs> obviously he's not gonna do what ortiz did at the end of his career but um right us in detroit are hoping that he can get to 500 home runs hopefully this year and i i put out something on twitter uh, about a month ago on whether he would reach 2000 rbis and most people said it's not gonna happen and i don't think it will either yeah that's that's a long he shot. killed us for so so long he oh yeah he was a big I mean, indian killer yeah, it seems like it, a long it, time I, it, ago. I hate that I feel bad for him at this point, and I want, I'm actually <laughs> rooting for the guy after how much damage he did to us. Yeah, that's how this game goes, man. It humbles a lot of people. Oh, break out! Break out! Oh, break out! That's right. So there's your breakout. So, you know, hey, if it doesn't work out, out. you can blame me. I'll take responsibility for yep. everyone's opinions blame, on this blame show. Blame that's right. <laughs> I need a T-shirt. I need the Rotosaurus on it, and it needs to be saying in a bubble, like in a Blame comic Govier. strip. Yes, Blame Govier. I am the Rotosaurus. <laughs> so, if you guys want somebody to voice the Rotosaurus on your show, I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could be like... <laughs> as long as it's not your Tom Petty impression, Mike. Oh, you, you're, you're not happy about that, are you? You thought Why it was a little unfair. Just, Mike, just do it in your normal voice. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to be too much like Tom, but it doesn't fit. Yeah, people it's be, stupid. People, people be like, "Why does Rotosaurus sound like he's mentally challenged?" <laughs> yeah, well, that's me. I'm a special guy. What can I say? Uh, all right, look. Uh, real quick, 
Uh, the Benintendi trade looks like it's a, it's really happening. Uh, do you guys yeah. have a quick comment on him with a fresh start here? Does that raise your optimism? I, I don't really know where you guys stand on him, so I just want to get a quick uh, analysis of that move. I I mean, we were kind of a fan of Benintendi coming in because you're not paying that cost right. for him. Um, you know, he's the guy who can contribute in all categories. The question is whether they're going to give him everyday playing time, which I feel like in Kansas City, there's not a whole lot of competition there, especially since they sent Franchi out. Um, it feels like they're going to give him that chance to play every day because he can't really hit lefties very well. But um, I mean, you never know because it's a small sample size. Maybe maybe he can improve there. But I, I love taking that shot there. It's I like not, Frenchy not Cordero in Boston. Park. Not best park, but yeah. No, uh, Frenchy Cordero has a better outlook too going to going to Fenway. Yes, I like it a lot. That's actually what it stands out to me the most of the whole deal is, oh, Frenchie's in Fenway now. I kind of like that. If do he's going to be starting now. so Better medical staff in Boston than Kansas City? <laughs> they do, actually, yes. Uh, it's better than New York. Better uh-huh. than New York, yes. I mean, isn't oh, everybody's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I got that sad horn. Sorry. There it is. Oh. We also really like uh, Khalil Lee, the guy going to the Mets in that deal too. Um, but he's not going to be playing. Yeah, he won't. He he probably won't play because they're they they're just loading that lineup That's up. That's dynasty wasted, territory. Wasted pick in two drafts wasted and holds for me. In, yeah, yep. yeah, we we picked him in the battle of the pods. Unfortunately, that doesn't look like it's going to come to fruition this year. Well, you know, injuries happen, so who knows? That's true. But that's true. They are stacked. They're trying to prevent any type of injury issues with signing VR and loading up on like five different guys to be George Springer, which uh, Carmary Arano tweeted out a couple days ago. I thought that was funny. All right. I we got a conundrum here cuz shit, it's 2 hours already and <laughs> I still have all these things. Like this segment, the segment alone on like your fantasy foundation like sometimes it was half hour. For you guys, it was going to be longer than other ones because I really yeah. had a lot of questions. So I'm kind of thinking this. I'm thinking, I'm going to ask you one question, and then I want to have you guys back on again in like a couple weeks and we want to finish this. I want to do it right because I don't want to okay. rush this either. All right. Um, We're down. We're down yeah, for that. No, no. I, th- I think that's the right idea, Mike, because I think they're going to have a lot of great insight with the kind of inside their fantasy you know, strategies and stuff like that, and I think it's going to be really important. Agreed. I don't want to cheapen it. I don't want to minimize it. So I want to ask you about the projections thing now. You know, today you had the discussion on Twitter with Derek Cardi and all that jazz about you not a fan of projections so much. And I agree with you. I don't use projections when I'm putting together my fantasy teams. Like I never go to a projection like, hey, what's that guy's projection going to be? Because it's art. It's already a part of me. I know what I can expect from players. I feel like projections are for people who don't have a clue about fantasy baseball or baseball or like I, that's how i see it i don't think it's not that i know a ton more than anybody else i just know how baseball is played and i know where all the players are in the realm of their career so i have a rough idea what to expect so if you tell me mike trout's gonna hit 38 home runs you'll be like yeah okay he might hit 45 yeah but i don't know i mean what do you think of all this well, so I, I kind of think you're you're touching on a little bit of our issue with it in the first place is that, you know, it's kind of just averaging things. And, you know, like you said, Mike Trout can easily hit 45 homers. Um, we always look at both the floor and ceiling in addition to what we're expecting. You know, like I'm not going to say that I'm expecting Juan Soto to hit 350, but I am saying that that's within the like – logical realm of possibilities. And I don't think people realize that he can actually hit that high, but he, he can. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm expecting that. 
but yet, you know, the projection systems say that Juan Soto is going to hit like 298. And I'm, I'm like, there's, there's almost no chance he hits under 300. And the people who are the people who rely on projections are going to tell me that I'm wrong for saying that. And all I can say is this is a lot of years of doing this and a lot of years of experience. And he has the best plate approach I have ever seen of any hitter ever. And he's 22 years old. He was raking in the majors at 19. I mean, when everybody else was in single A trying to figure out how to hit a ball, he was in the majors already crushing it. And I don't think people are putting nearly enough emphasis on that because they don't really project, um, you know, that kind of growth. And, you know, they'll say, well, growth isn't linear and all that. I get that. But I don't think that they're taking enough of the, I think the projections are often too conservative and they don't look at, I mean, if, if you're telling me that 298 is the average projection for him, I'll disagree with you all day. I will say that that's, possibly worse than his worst case scenario for this year. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm talking about. They, I don't know if it's, a, we don't want to be wrong or it's just the nature of progression projections is to be conservative. So that way it makes more sense when it goes above and it's like, Oh, I projected this and they totally blew that out of the waters. I mean, look at that. Cause if you go too high or it's too far off, it might seem like it doesn't make sense, and I don't like the averaging either. I just feel like projections are for people who have never played the game, and they step into it, and they say, okay, I don't know anything about any of these players. Well, give me a baseline so I can understand it. I think experience could replace projections yeah. pretty easily, and it's no disrespect to people who dedicate their time to projections either. I want to make that clear. It's just for me personally, in my own analysis and my own understanding of things, I don't need to look at projections to get a concept of what's going on. I can tell you with 100% certainty that those guys are listening to us right now and being like, these guys are fucking dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, I, Man, some of this. those guys have check marks next to the name, and I don't, so I guess right. I'm stupider. It's, Fine. It's, it's it's true. And, you know, the, part of the problem is that we don't really know all of what goes into a projection system. So, like, they're asking us to trust them that they know how to weight things, what, what to look at. And they're like, you know, we back test everything. I definitely think that there's something to it. And I think it should be part of your process to look at it. I just, I, I just can't, I can't get there completely. Like I, I, I had this discussion with these people and um, I totally, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about more about what goes into projections and, and what to trust and whatnot. Yeah. They think they tell us that hitting projections are much more accurate compared to pitching projections because the projections don't, take into account things like pitch mix, velocity uptick, stuff like that, um, where pitching is such a complex act that those, I mean, Plesak's, uh projections are like, four, Steamer's projecting for like a 4.70 ERA. I'm like, this is asinine. Like, it, on, on the worst case scenario, I don't have them even remotely close to that. So um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't know what to tell you, but I, right. I just can't, I can't get behind anything that does that. I just can't. I'd, I'd like to know what Tony Gwynn's projections were back in like 1989, hmm. 1990, or like a George Brett, because I look at those Juan Soto projections. I'm on board with you, Dave. I think Juan Soto bets at least 320. I agree. I agree. I think like three, 
315 is like his mean projection. And I think yeah. he can go up to like 350 and down to like 305, maybe at the lowest. But- it's like just it's just the eye test when like like I've played enough baseball. I've watched enough baseball in my life. It's like when you go to that high school field and you're playing a team where they have an All-American on their team, he comes up to the plate. You know, after two pitches that that guy's a stud. Yeah. I love when Dave can just talk like this and I can just sit back and (laughs) yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. Take take credit for it because my name's on the podcast too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had Ariel Cohen on last week, you know, we were talking about his ATC projections and his is more of an aggregate system. It's different too than what these other guys are doing with their own individualized. Hey, like the bad X, this is out there. This is Derek Cardi's thing. And I respect these people. I do. I don't have a, this is not a personal beef with anyone. It's just a matter if people take it personally, then I can't help that. And sometimes people's egos are wrapped up in their own projection systems because they become known for it. So if that is the case and that's what happens, I mean, no individual personal disrespect to anyone. I just want you to know that I find projections to be rather pointless in anything I do as I prep for a fantasy baseball season. And I have no main event titles, nothing of value to give you to show you what a badass I am. So that should probably just... And the argument right there. It's like, who the fuck gives a shit about Mike Govier? Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You know, you know, Derek was was very respectful, though. Uh, I mean, he did come at me kind of hard at first, but we, we ended up having a really um, beneficial conversation. Um, Derek Cardi, by the way. What I don't I know say? if you said. You just said Derek, so I don't know if the, everybody oh, knows did that. Oh, okay, yeah, Derek Cardi. Um, you know, way back in the day, we used to follow Derek Cardi like he was, mm-hmm. when he was Roto Authority. And, uh, you know, I, I was a big fan of his. And, uh, you know, it was just... It was cool to get. I mean, he obviously knows a lot more about that side of things than I do. Like we, we're pretty open that we're still trying to figure out. I think the whole wor- the whole fancy world is still trying to figure out where all the stuff fits in. Where do the Statcast stats fit in? Because a lot of the people overvalue a lot of Statcast stats, and um, it's the reason that a lot of people were off of Bieber last year. They're like hard hit rate, hard hit rate, hard hit rate, and that was like that was yeah. the be all end all. Yeah, that's Where, what Alex Chamberlain brought it. up on this show about uh, hitters that or pitchers that get soft contact and people dismiss them, like Dallas Keuchel, Kyle Hendricks, and he wrote an right. article about that. Right. Yeah. And they continuously beat projections. Kyle Hendricks, the projection systems think he sucks. They they are never on board with him, and I can't get behind a system that takes seven years to get behind a guy who's literally beating it every year. So like, I just, and then, and <laughs> yeah. what they'll say is they'll say, well, that's just the one exception and it doesn't count and blah, blah, blah. But no, I just, there's plenty of them out there. I, well, I agree with you. And for me, we think, and they'll tell us that we're wrong again, but we think that we have enough faith in our evaluation, player evaluation skills that we think that we can find edges over projections. So mm-hmm. they'll say we're wrong and we'll say, well, we're going to prove that we're right. And so, the main, the main we, thing is we don't want people to rely on them. I mean, it, there, there's not, uh, there, there are a decent amount of people that, that take not just, you know, like whatever average they spit out as gospel, but also take the, the at bats as, as uh, the counting stats. Now Derek looking... did say that those are not part of projections. The at bats and the innings don't count like the, at, uh, the bat X doesn't project those. Not all systems are they like just, that. I mean, you can use Steamer 600. Okay. And it, it'll average, know, every, average everybody to, to 600. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. prorate it, whatever. Right. So something like that is better than just using the normal Steamer. But but if you're drafting based on Steamer and you're looking at your team breakdown based on Steamer and saying, oh, I'm short here, it's it's a piece of the puzzle. It is not 
that's not even what your finished product's going to be the the first day of the season, probably right. because you're you're probably not starting every guy you drafted at a certain slot. No, I mean you're, you're, gonna not, drop, you're not baking everybody's people. stats from Steamer. Yeah, uh, I mean there's so many variables once the season starts that something like that you you have to rely on a range of out on a range of outcomes, and we we draft based on our own analysis of skills, our own analysis yes. of playing time, our own analysis of lineup construction our own analysis of managerial tendencies. Uh, it, there, there's so many other things that go into the puzzle that, you know, using projections is fine. It's totally okay. We use them to a point. I mean, we we look at them to see if we're missing any outliers, to see, you know, if, if different systems are different on a certain player. Okay, why are they different on a certain player? Let's dive deeper sure. into it. But just, just don't draft based on, you know, what, relying, what Steamer spits Relying out. on them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you've made your pre-ranks or anything based on just projections, that that's a mistake. I feel confident in saying that because I know from my own experience I would never do that. But that's why we like Steve Paolo, who we use. See, look, we do a game every week where every show where we do Shine and Ride the Pine. It's based on projections, so they're fun. I like to have fun with them. They give right. us a baseline for us to do over-unders, which are cool. And Steve Paolo's are they're more aggressive. I feel like he's taking more risk, and I actually like his because... They, they make sense. I'm like, oh, shit, wow, that'd be cool. And that's, like, something I would like to see happen. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but all the a lot of the other projections to me, and this is probably inaccurate, but they all start to bleed into each other, and I don't really see a much of A lot of them difference. are very similar. Um, yeah. You know, and that's one of the reasons that I like the forecaster so much because they – I mean, they were the only one who had uh, Zach Plezak under a four ERA for one. They had him at three five. They're oh, not wow. as conservative as other projections, and they also often will put like upside or downside in their little blurb about a player, uh, kind of taking into a, uh, account that there is going to be a range of outcomes there, which I okay. which I really like. And by the way, Steve Paolo was another guy who was in on this conversation with uh, with me um, over the last Ooh. few days. Um, okay, he, cool. he actually he actually subtweeted me too about my use of the word objectively but uh, we hashed it out we're cool now <laughs> oh that was that was you he was referencing oh that was absolutely me that he was referencing because then because wow. then, then i i came back at him with the uh office meme of michael scott like leaning in and smiling like this i saw it. yeah <laughs> yeah i saw that tweet from him i thought he was talking about politics or republicans or something no nope, uh, no nope, wow. that was me <laughs> I, I get i get men i'll tell you i uh there's a lot of people <laughs> come at me <laughs> wow that's cool well yeah make sure you stay on good terms with steve because he's been on the no, show he's next he's a good week. guy we we have a good american we're cool so, we're cool yeah he's well, a even good if american. he didn't like you we'd still have him on so <laughs> and i want to say this this is a caveat to this whole discussion i don't know shit about auction projection values because i haven't played any auctions yet so you know jake clearly knows auctions yeah. i i haven't done baseball yeah. auctions yet so Make sure people, if you listen to the whole podcast and the whole segment about, hey, this asshole was blabbing on about stuff he didn't know about, I made it clear I'm not talking auction values. I'm talking more straight line stats, ratios, home runs, all that jazz. So, no one's no I, one's checking in and saying you're an asshole. You don't know anything, Mike. That's fine if they do. I just want to make sure that people know. They're not going to Let me log in. <laughs> all right. So I, we're going to – yeah. No, go on. I'm just going to say I even even talking about average auction values, I don't – I don't play based on average auction values either. Like I don't make my own dollar projections for players. I I'm a snake drafter. Like almost everything I do is snake drafts. I just love auctions. So I take everything that I've gleaned from all of my snake draft prep, you know, after January 
And then I start building my auction strategy based on where guys go, how I like to build my roster, and then giving myself a range of what I'd like to spend on a guy. And I, I don't, I don't use a lot of stuff that's pre-calculated. It's a lot of it's up in here. And you're the 2019 NFBC auction champ. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's just a, a style of play that speaks to me. I mean, it's, it's something that can be completely scattered and that's, that's how I am. I mean, I, you know, you have so many things to keep track of at once and I can, I can take all that stuff and kind of, He's a natural. He's a natural garage sailor. He he loves that shit. <laughs> loves going out garage and getting. I'm a haggler. No, he's I'm a, a haggler. Yeah. He loves this shit. He gets yeah, a little I, too involved in the, in the bidding sometimes, and it almost it's bit him a couple times. Well, almost, almost. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. But he is an yeah. over. I mean, that's a nice check you're holding there in your photo on uh, yeah, Twitter. So yeah, that speaks for itself. And I want to say. This is an incomplete episode. We were not able to finish everything we wanted to, so we're going to have these guys back. It could be a, you know, we can finish this next week or in a couple days, whenever we find the time. I want to finish this soon because I want to do the whole show. So we'll call it incomplete for now, but it's still two hours of plenty of information. <laughs> it's not like we didn't do anything. So I Time stamp it because we really don't get into any fantasy information until about like 110. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, God. But I, there's some fun great, stuff man. before that. I mean, yeah. yeah. We definitely we had, had great some fun. Time. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's four yes. of us here. You know, we, yeah, it's, it's going to take a minute. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a little extra with the four mics. Yeah, that's true. You know, we had the five yesterday with the triple play guys. So oh. it was, this was easier than that. So <laughs> I know that was going to be more of a challenge. But guys. Were they all in, in different places, too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So five heads. We were like, uh, what is that? Around the horn. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> stupid ass show. Okay, so this is Jake and Dave, and if you don't know who they are, they're the Rotosaurus. They unite to become one. The Rotosaurus speaks for itself. Uh, tell people stuff they should know about you guys and uh, all that jazz. Well, you can uh, listen to our podcast, High Stakes Heat, Rotosaurus High Stakes Heat, on all the major platforms. Um, we just dropped an episode this past morning, so listen to that. It's another behemoth like this one is. It's a it's a two-hour-plus extravaganza. Uh, <laughs> A lot, a lot of that uh, projection discussion was referenced in it, but there's also all kinds of other transactional things and strategy tips. We got a lot that. of positive, good feedback. Oh yeah, on this that is easily the episode that's given us the most feedback. Um, I there was a lot of build up to it on Twitter from all the happenings the last few days, so that definitely got us some extra listenership. So yeah, it was it was really well received so far. Um, you can check out our site rotosource.com. There's not a ton of articles on it, uh, but in season and leading up to the season when Dave starts putting all of his closer rankings in there. Now that the, uh, SBC humor draft guide is, is out and in people's hands and on their computers, Dave's going to start building his closer rankings and closer depth charts. Um, in season, we will also have, uh, various pitching, um, forecasters. Uh, last year I started doing a, um, schedule complete two week schedule. Actually, I think it was three weeks for a time of, starting pitchers for every team. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that this year it with was, how the rotations are going to be. It, oh, well, it, it did not last half and <laughs> halfway into last season just because of how fucked up everything got. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had to be on Google docs literally for <laughs> Google sheets at six hours a day, moving shit around. It was just so bad. I mean, it was ridiculous. So the hope is that things t- settle down this year and I can do that again. Cause it really, it, it was valuable for me. It was valuable for Dave to just have that all hashed out there. It was and nice. Who, and yeah, it, look, it looked really nice and concise. And 
it was pretty helpful. Uh, also, we do uh, two-star pitchers, which Dave mentioned earlier. We do two starts for the week that's coming up and also for the following week so that you can make your fab bibs on Sunday for guys that are projected to two-start in the following week and spend $2 in fab on them as, as opposed to, you know, 50 because guys know they're going to two-start. Uh, so definitely check us out in season and before the season. Uh, you can also hit up our merch page. we got lots of dinosaur goodies on there. <laughs> it's all good shit. Yeah, it that, is. that all sounds good. I'm, uh, the only thing I would add is uh, I'm kind of doing a little bit of a pod tour this week. I've got, I've got like six pods over an eight-day period. Um, so I'm going to be doing Dinger's Pod. I'm going to be going back on uh, yeah, Best Ball. really want to get to know those guys better. I want to yeah, really they, look they at what they got really going on. Dudes. Yeah, Robbie Baseball is the guy who I've been talking to on the Dingers from the Dingers pod, and he seems very much like our kind of guy. Uh, yes. I think they're Canadian, um, but I think they're pretty close to the Michigan border, as if if I remember remember correctly. I thought they were Minnesota, closer to Minnesota. Am I wrong? I think they're I twins. Yeah. The I Fantasy Insiders twins. live there. One's, you know, Scully, Stully's Canadian for sure. So Okay. There's a lot of Canadians mm-hmm. yeah, uh, around. There is. I mean, you got Zach, Zach, you got you got Phil. Rob Silver, Phil Dussault. That's yeah, but right. anyways, uh, Dinger's Pod, I'm looking forward to that. Um, even though they kind of do more dynasty, um, you know, it's same thing. Like I'm going to be going on Best Ball, uh, the fancy Best Ball exclusive with uh, Brian Seymour. For the Shout out to Brian time. Seymour, by the way. Yeah, love uh, that guy. He 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 said he put the idea in my head. I wasn't even going to do it to play Cleveland Rocks underneath the segment we did. So Brian oh, Seymour, okay. that yeah. was a tribute to you. Excellent. I love you. Yeah, he's he's our boy. Um, and he uh he's having me on again, despite the fact that I've never done a best ball draft before. Who gives a shit? You know uh, players, yeah. you know what you know, else exactly. So. Like it's not like I can't still provide something from a player analysis perspective, Just but uh, leave the read the league settings before you go on the pot. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then I'm also gonna be doing uh bases loaded with uh, Mike Curland for the first time. I've uh eh. never been on with him, so yeah, I've still never uh, been invited to that show, so That'll be fun. yeah. He he only just did I think after the uh, SP streamer draft guy dropped. We're going to talk about uh, the strategy a bit, and then uh, which I now own. So. Well, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You'll have to please please give me your honest and uh, your honest feedback and critique on it too. Let me know what you think. But oh, I um, will. And then uh, I well, last Saturday I was on Sirius XM for the first time. Uh, as Jake likes to point out that he was what? on there first. You were on the fantasy sports this. radio. I was I on Rotowire uh, with uh, with James Anderson and Clay Link, uh, wow. and Clay Link called me the biggest heel in the fantasy industry this side of Mike <laughs> the Mouth. <laughs> yeah, but that's wow. misleading, though. That's misleading. Look, you're getting like, pigeonholed now. I'm like, man, I, I think I'm a kind of a nice it, guy. It might but... be helping us. You never know. Uh, yeah, I feel no, like, yeah, of course dude, it is. Yeah, you, you got to play the part now. I got to I gotta kind of, I, I got to be He's, we're leaning into more it. of an asshole. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Just when they think you're going to do one thing, then you can do something totally yeah. different. But they're already following you anyways. Like, people expect me to cook chicken forever. No, I'm not going to cook chicken forever. <laughs> I mean, you saw that for a minute. Now you're going to get something else. So. Maybe we're not going to hate got- Dylan Moore forever. Yes. What was that? <laughs> he said, maybe you're not going to hate Dylan Moore forever. Maybe we won't. Yeah, so. Maybe. Maybe you'll become a believer. You never know. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, look for me on some of those pods coming up and I, and then obviously coming back on this pod with you guys. I'm, I'm actually really pumped about that too. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Great discussion. Yes. I think we all have a nice rapport. You'll also be on the fellow Roto fanatic podcast network 
Turn Two Podcast with Matt Williams. That's right. On Monday, and you guys That's are going right. to go toe to toe on risk yep. risk management. You guys are going to spend the whole show talking about risk. Is that going to be the focus? Uh, he thinks that we are inconsistent in our approach to risk, and we think that he's full of shit. So it'll be fun, right? Yeah, wow. I think it's Beautiful. gonna be it's gonna be one you don't want to miss. That's yeah. for sure. So. I mean, yeah, you're you're not going to have people lacking confidence with uh, me, Jake, and Matt. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun go between. Yeah, yeah, I really, uh, I'm glad we got to know each other, guys. This is cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely, sure. man. You're one of you guys are both two of my favorite new people that I've met this year. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, when all this ends, you know, we can hang out sometime. We're not that far apart. So hey, we've COVID already got bullshit. plans. So. We've already got plans. So yes, we do. <laughs> That's right, we do, Dave. We do have plans. <laughs> oh, you guys are having a hot date? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's sort of a challenge. Uh, I don't know. Are we supposed to say it, or you want to keep it a secret? Oh, I know. A hey, challenge. You know, uh, we can. We can. If you want to keep it a secret, we can keep it a secret. No, I don't. I'd like to share everything. Okay, go ahead. Me, so go ahead. Oh well, me and Dave agreed to both do stand-up comedy together. He's. We've never really done it. You know, I've done it once <laughs> at an amateur night. So. Yeah. So we're gonna it's go up to some random place oh uh, whenever my. COVID ends. It's so something that I've wanted to do for years. How many napkins I've, have you piled up over I, the years? I've written so much. Yeah. I have so much material. It's, my mom is literally a stand-up machine, uh, stand-up comedian's dream. Uh, everything <laughs> that woman says is hysterical. I mean, Jake's nice. smiling right now just thinking Jake, about it. So. Jake and I will just be in the audience just throwing shit at you guys. I, yeah, <laughs> heckling for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep up it's going to be uh, – yeah, I promise you it's going to happen. We made a promise to each other. It will happen. So. That sounds oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. It, uh, there it is. Now the secret's out. That's yeah. cool. He hadn't told me that either. So I didn't. I didn't You're t- dropping shit on me during a podcast. Yeah. Look at you. Wow. Yeah, suck that. Look at you. Well, hey, look, you know, if everybody uh, wants to come was, join us and do it in front of That was just between me and Govier. Yeah. You know, that was that was our thing. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we want anybody to be there. We're still, you know, we're not really. Yeah, I don't, don't know if it'll be. I don't know you can I'll... practice your. Okay. First of all, you got to get in touch with Spore. He said he can help you with your tight five. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Last week's show, he said that, yeah, he wanted to be a stand-up. He opened for Daniel Tosh. and uh, No shit. Is that right? Yeah, but wow. he switched gears. He ended up going a different direction. So And Jimmy Fallon, he opened for at a Austin wow. comedy Holy thing. shit. Yeah, it was like so he won Back some contest. Or? Yeah, he yeah. won some contest yeah. at, at TU and was able to, uh, him and a couple other guys, open up for Fallon and Fallon kind of big-timed everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's right yeah it's all on the uh paul sport pod which you can listen to it was out last friday Anybody interesting yeah, i haven't gotten anywhere. to every one that you've been putting out man yeah I'm, man it's, I'm trying. it's literally impossible to keep up with you <laughs> who could keep up you'd have to be as unemployed as i am to listen to all the podcasts <laughs> that's how you have to i was up at 6 45 today to get to work so uh I need to get to <laughs> fucking bed well that's what i know that's why i try to do some of the heavy lifting here and make it easier on you all right that's it so shit yeah look forward Over. to all these things it's wonderful these guys are the best rotosaurus uh chris deer He's on Twitter, C. Deary1999. He's working on his own algorithm and his own mystery. I'm ready to throw thing. it out now. <laughs> no, don't throw it out. No, fuck, Stick no, with I'm, it. I'm good. Stick with it. Stick with it. <laughs> I want to see where it leads you, man. This is how you create new things. We all need more information and more data. Well, the, the one thing that's already us. come out of it is that Juan Soto is my number one fantasy player. Uh, okay. It is. Yeah. No beef from Dave, that's for sure. All right, I'm MJ Govier, of course. You can DM me about anything. You want to talk about stand-up comedy, uh, fantasy baseball, uh, you're having troubles with your girlfriend, just DM me. I will listen to you. I really will. And, of course, Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com is our email. Send us an email about anything you heard today or on previous shows, Plausible Podcast, on Twitter, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah, give me two. 
And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. It really has been a pleasure. Don't forget, I was on the Fantasy Insiders. Listen to that episode, the Fantasy Insiders. Check it out. Look it up on your podcast platform. Good show, good people. Godspeed, everybody. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Why are you taking that play? Insane fantasy takes. Why are you taking that play? Insane fantasy takes. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. (laughs) Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.